Why is it that every time I bring up my favorite movie or song, y'all call my shit corny? You act like I don't have no taste and no flavor. I'm a Luddite or some bullshit like that. What kind of particular shit is that? It's the shit I like. That's what I like. That's my type of shit. You know? Don't you know y'all just say something nice? Showtime. Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. Film, TV, and music news and discussions, plus reviews of the films, TV shows, and music we've enjoyed or otherwise, in addition to our Say Something Nice challenge. Be sure to check us out at SSMPodcast.com and on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, Google Play, and TuneIn. Be sure to like and share the show on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where we are under the handle SSM Podcast. And be sure to comment and rate us five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. Everybody, how's everybody doing? I am Brandon, and I am here with Ali. Hello. Coffee Light and Sweet. Hey there. And Stephanie from the Mocha Minutes podcast. Hello, hello. How's everybody doing this fine Sunday, October the 14th? Pretty good. Pretty good. Now that I've eaten something and my Ravens are winning. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just left the gym. Everybody's in the gym watching. They, they work out, then they sit and they watch the footballs. Like, yeah. I, think LSU, I think LSU fans and Raven fans are happy. Right now, it's 21 0, and it's the, almost the end of the third quarter. So, so y'all are good go. unless, oh. unless some crazy shit happens in the fourth quarter. Right. <laughs> Start <laughs> celebrating. Uh, no, I, I have come to find out. I'm like, nope, nope, because a whole quarter of football stuff can go off the rails. Yeah, just, so. just ask the Atlanta sure. Falcons about that. Oh, I, I, I also no. watched the Panthers game and I was like, Ugh. <laughs> that Panthers game was dreadful. I don't, I don't usually watch live sports, but I remember watching when the Falcons were in the uh, Super Bowl live oh my two ago and just, oh, they're going to win, they're going to win. No! no! <laughs> Man, how do you blow that lead? I'm like, you don't leave, you don't do that with Tom Brady in the game. You just don't. You just don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so we are here. We have a lot of stuff to cover. We're going to talk about, um, of course, the latest uh, entertainment-related news. And we had to cut that down. So, so much of it. We're going to talk about the new Return of Fall TV shows. And we're going to review the fourth version of Warner Brothers' perennial um, evergreen story of fame and fortune, uh, Star is Born. It's this one starring Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. That came out yeah. last week. But since last week, there were two movies to cover. The Venom and the Hate You Give. Um, we had to push this one to this week, which is fine because we dug give us more time to talk about it. But before we do that, is there anything anybody's checked out or watched that is not a show that is on that is new on broadcast TV or like returning to broadcast? Not, anything that's not like on on network TV because we'll, those will have his own section today. Wait, like what? a movie that you watched um, on streaming or something like that, or something that you happen to see. Um, there's so much out right now. Oh yeah. yeah, there's a whole lot out. Yeah, and your question is is kind of convoluted. Well, Brandon. well I'll, I'll go first. Um, 
I watched a little bit of West Side Story, the original. Mm, okay. Because after talking about Ansel Elgort uh, being cast to star in the remake that they're doing, I've been sort of kind of humming the score all mm. day. And like, and I, like, I think I played it once at work, and then for like the rest of the week, I'm the Jets are gonna have their way tonight. <laughs> mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. God! Mm-hmm. Oh, then I do have one. Okay. Yeah, like that's one of the, that's one of the, like cause, like I'm people think I love all musicals, but I'm actually very picky with musicals. My musicals are like stage or screen are like the ones that are like the more cinematic ones. Those, those that do make good movie musicals, like West Side Story. Like hairspray, mm-hmm. like hairspray. dream girls, things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I um, knew dream girls was gonna come up. Yeah. I, knew. <laughs> I mean, and how can girls. you beat that? It's 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 the it's like the 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 National Enquirer version of the Supremes Motown story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, then I do have something that I watched this week. Yeah. Um, I guess I could talk about it here, even like even though it is a new show on streaming. I so mm-hmm. I know everybody's seen all the terrible coverage of it and some very horrible promotion for it as well. But I actually watched the pilot of DC Universe's Titans. <gasps> How was that? Uh, it is good, like not great. Wait, not and terrible. how did you watch it? It's a, it's it's a, another Berlanti show, like the CW show. It's like mm-hmm. that, just with a TV MA. And no commercial breaks, but it's like so sort of kind of. How did you watch it, Brandon? Explain how you watched it, though. I subscribed to DC Universe. <laughs> what? So, for those who don't know about me, I'm like I'm a I'm a fan of the DC comics, the movies. That's why the movies sort of kind of hurt me so badly because uh, almost all of them are fuck terrible. <laughs> like, but like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Flash, Shazam. Martian Manhunter, Hawkman, Hawk Girl, JSA, JLA. Those are my people. Booster Gold, Blue Beetle. You know, like you can throw in like like um, Ambush Bug or Detective Chimp, and I'm like, hey, like so. When I see the movies and I see them fuck up Enchantress so badly, it bothered me really badly. <laughs> but so DC Universe uh, basically is Warner Brothers streaming app that has. As much of their DC stuff that they have the rights to put up, like so, it has the Superman movies from the seventies and eighties. It has Batman Begins, The Dark Knight. It has a bunch of the cartoon shows, like Batman the Animated Series. That move the movies they made off off of that, like Batman Mask of the Phantasm, the old Wonder Woman, Linda Carter show, that sort of things, and Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman from the nineteen nineties with Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher. Hmm. So Titans is their first original show and sort of kind of... Warner Brothers has been weird about how they do their streaming stuff. We'll get to what they're going to do in the future, which is probably the result of AT&T buying them, making them do something different. So with DC Universe original programming, they are doing one episode a week rollouts of new shows, basically. Hmm. And Titans is their first. They also have Doom Patrol... Young Justice, which is animated, season three, uh, Swamp Thing, Star Girl, and 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 an animated Harley Quinn show coming, which okay. is sort of kind of you can tell they're going for like more niche fan favorite, like deep cut fan favorite things rather than going doing so much of the obvious and making something that that well Titans involves Batman, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so Titans basically is based on 
the it's based in part on the 1980s version of Marv Wolfman and George Perez's Teen New Teen Titans comic, but it blends in sort of kind of other iterations from the comics where things have been like more adult and darker. Like the characters are not teenagers really, except for Raven. She's the only one who's actually a teenager. And so it's sort of a story about, and basically the leads are Robin, Raven, Beast Boy, and Starfire. Robin, everybody knows who Robin is. He's Dick Grayson, you know, like Flying Grayson's murdered. Batman takes him in. This is after Batman basically fires him as Robin, and he's sort of kind of sent out on his own into the world as a young adult. He gets a job as a detective in Detroit, and he's sort of kind of solving cases that mostly involve uh, missing children or abused children. Like, there's a very good early scene where he is investigating a child abuser as Dick Grayson, and then puts on the Robin costume and beats everybody's ass because the child abuser is also a drug dealer trying to um, do a deal. That's sort of kind of what's in the trailers, but they cut it up weird in the trailers. Like, that's where the fuck Batman comes from. In the actual context, it actually works fine. Uh, Dick Grayson is sort of kind of moody and sad in this, and hopefully this like over the season he'll get... It's sort of kind of they're setting up to get better over time as he moves further and further away from the whole Batman thing. Raven is a teenage girl who is possessed by this demonic power she doesn't understand and that her foster mother is scared of. And some strange man comes to their house one day and kills the foster mother, and Raven runs away to Detroit, where she ends up with um, with Dick Grayson handling her case. And the two of them basically escape when this same man comes back to kidnap her again. Like, the Raven effects are actually all pretty much fairly well done. Like, she has this demonic other side that appears in mirrors and things and sometimes comes out of her to attack her attackers. Like, the strange man who was trying to capture her, basically to kill her in a ritual killing because she is, like, apparently, like, some sort of demon where Satan's going to come through her into the real world. So he, but, but like the Raven's other side comes out of her, climbs into this dude's mouth like black goop and burns it from the inside out. Whew. Oh, also TVMA, super violent. Super, super violent. When, Bat- really? when, when Robin's kicking these thugs' asses, you hear, bo- you hear bones break and stuff. And, you know, he drags people's heads across glass a little bit. You know, it's, it's, it's violent. Um, we don't see much of Beast Boy. We see him break into a Best Buy to steal a video game as a green tiger. We and we we see him turn back. We actually because Ali and I were joking that they didn't have the money to pay to show him turning back and forth to animals. So we were, I said so. Ali said they're just gonna pan to the wall, put a shadow up, and you can see the shadow change shape, and then gonna pan back. They didn't do that. They actually somebody found some money and they actually have him changing on screen. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's not it's somebody it's it's some it's somebody their first year out of college. It's the same level of effects that you see on The Flash. So, like, they can be a little bit wonky at times, but, you know, it's like that TV budget stuff. Put your fine arts degree to work. Like like King Shark. If y'all ever watched the episodes of The Flash with King Shark and Gorilla Grodd, it's sort of kind of like that. And then we have my favorite character so far, who is Starfire. I know a lot of folks gave them a lot of shit because, like, you know, you saw, like, the leaked set photos of Anna D up in, like, the, the pink wig and the fur coat and... 
in the set photos and a lot of promo art too. It just looks weird and not good and sort of kind of low rent. In the actual program, it works fine. And I guess I need to spoil it to get people to actually watch it. What happens is that... Well, do you want to, though? I want people to watch it. That's why I did, feel like I need to spoil this. So okay. Starfire wakes up in the middle of a car crash. She has, she has amnesia from the crash. Doesn't remember anything, but she's in the passenger seat and somewhat in, in Austria, and the white man who's driving the car is dead, and these white people are shooting at her from another car. So she finds a hotel key in her pocket, goes to the hotel... And sort of kind of speaking German, talks to the hotel like concierge and basically finds out that she's got enough money to where the whole entire top floor of this hotel is, you know, like her suite. And apparently she um, gets her money because she is a high price um, working woman, if you understand what I'm trying to say. Uh, because she, the concierge <laughs> asks, should I set up your usual? And she goes, so what's my usual? And she's like, Matt, you're making me blush. Yep. And I'm like, oh, so that's what she does. And so she goes there, she finds another white man tied up in her closet. So apparently, before she lost her memory, she was turning on who these dudes were she was working for because she was trying to find uh, Rachel, um, who is Raven. Rachel Roth, apparently she's been looking for, but she doesn't have her memory. She doesn't understand any of this. She ends up going to the club of the main guy who's in charge of the dudes who are shooting at her. And so the clips is like one of those Euro clubs, those like, like us Euro dubstep uh, techno clubs over there. And they're playing Donna Summer's I Feel Love. I don't think it's actually Donna Summer's thing. I think they have somebody, you know, covering it. But like the whole time, like, like, and she talks to the dude, and dude's like, you turned on me. I loved you. <laughs> and she's like, okay, I don't remember much, but I'm pretty sure I didn't love you back, did I? And she's like, no, it's definitely a no, I didn't. And so the dude shoots her, and but when the, but a bullet don't hit. Instead, like, it activates her powers, and she, before she realizes what she's doing, she, she starts shooting fire and burns everybody to a crisp and burns the whole office down. And at the moment she does that, it's like a slow motion thing where they turn the music. It's, I feel love. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> they, they, they might have something here. I actually watched that like four times in a row. I liked it. Brandon, I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> What what I did? What I do? You just enjoyed that, sir, just a wee bit too much. Oh. <laughs> let's, let's talk. Let's talk after the podcast, okay? Oh. Well, I think part of it was that my expectations my expectations were so low because of how bad the promo promotional stuff was. Like, and it's funny because Netflix has to show the show in other countries because DC Universe is US only. But they cut a trailer that was way better than anything Warner Brothers cut themselves. <laughs> Disturbingly so, actually. Uh, but, like, I enjoyed it. I don't have... I mean, the guy playing Robin is Australian. He's, like, a big Australian actor. And he's trying to hide his accent a little bit too much. And I do feel like the sound mix could be better. And the end credits were in the serif font, which bothered me. Uh, <laughs> but other than that... 
It's about like a CW show, just way more violent. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like it's worth paying $8 a month just to see that one program. Oh, 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 trust me. That wasn't even on the question. Okay. But like if you like if you like DC comic stuff and you also they also um of course have um back issues on the service too. You can read, I think it's 2,500 comics from the DC's history. So it's not everything, of course, it's more selective stuff. When Titans launched, they put together sort of kind of like a Titans one-on-one. They show you the origin issue for each character in the show. So I read the origin issue for Beast Boy, which is uh Doom Patrol number 99 and number 100. From 1964. Like, Beast Boy apparently started out in, in the Doom Patrol and not in the Teen Titans. And so it was actually a good synergistic thing to have those issues up. Because otherwise, I probably would have never read that stuff. But you can read them on your TV or on your phone or whatever like that. And they go panel by panel like you know, like a comicsology's reader does. So yeah, so I watched that. Y'all, y'all are sitting there like, I don't believe you. <laughs> I mean, we didn't want to say it. Exactly. We're here for you, Brandon. We we are, we here, are here for you. Like, it's, like I would give it a solid B. Not a B mm-hmm. plus, not a B minus, but a solid B. Mm-hmm. Your description mm-hmm. sounds less than a B, but, you know, go off. Mm-hmm. Does it sound less than a B? Live your life, you know? B yes. minus? Treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't have enough gigantic flaws for it to be a B minus for me. Like, it's like, and I also just feel like also my expectations were so low that, you know. Yeah, that's so that's my thing with it. Like, and, um, you know, when when we initially spoke just a, a bit about the Titans premiere, uh-huh. like as you explained to me, I, I mentioned to Brandon, like, how a lot of shows, you know, we, we discussed the fact that when when a show knows that it is um, going to either be um, something that people are binge watching or something that's going to be week to week, they structure their episodes in a certain kind of way. Uh-huh. Brandon was mentioning that maybe. Yeah, I maybe, feel like this, the way they the way this show set up, they thought they were going to be able to um, put it up all at once and binge it because it feels like like they want you to see the next episode immediately. It doesn't have like the ending hook that like you would see on, for example, on the CW when they do a weekly show. But they, I think for budgetary reasons, they're doing it week by week. So. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, I mean, I'll watch it. I'll watch the, I'll watch the premiere, you know, just see what it's like. But uh, when you have a, a sci-fi show, uh-huh. you need to open with a bang. Like, mm. and so if that show doesn't impress me from the, like, if it was like a political drama, <laughs> I'd be like, okay. Well, they sort of kind of play yeah. it as sort of kind of like a dark emotional drama for each character. Yeah. And more so either than way, a sci-fi it's show. To, either way, it's supposed to, you know, you want a really strong. Like, it's, it's, it's mostly about character and acting, really, is what it's about. And atmosphere. Well, I will take a look at it because I, I want to see how... Because your first episode is supposed to be a... It's, you know, it's supposed to be the thing that hooks people to watch. Well, everybody's first episode of a show isn't, the, isn't their best. 
and that's and that's and that's their problem, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's that's not. It's ah, not that, excuse me, Ali is not for the shit. Okay, he's not for the shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm really not. not it's like saying, watch. It's My like man. it's like doing a test. Of, it's like doing a test and being like, well, Ali, everybody got a 75. I'm like, okay, well, they could have gotten 100. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, Ali ain't for this. He ain't for your mess. He's not. He not. Yeah, I think that's every... Oh, I listened to... I've, I've been on this audiobook kick also as well. Like, I love audiobooks about the entertainment industry. And I actually got, so I've been subscribed to Audible for a while and actually got two of them this past month because I was like two months behind on actually downloading them. Mm-hmm. So the first one we actually talked about on the podcast two years ago when it came out, I never got to actually read it or listen to it till now, is Sing to Me, the autobiography of L.A. Reed, who, of course, founded LaFace Records. Oh. It is a very good story. It's definitely sanitized from L.A.'s perspective. Oh. He comes up a little old and black, especially when it comes to things like like um like feminism and stuff like that, <clears throat> you know. But it's it's interesting to sort of hear, for example, how him and Babyface fell out in sort of a petty manner, like where we didn't know about it, of course, at the time, because you know this was before social media and stuff. But you know. They sort of fell out because Babyface apparently never wanted to run a label. He just wanted to be a producer and a writer. So when the label came around, they sort of grew apart. And then I guess apparently he must have told Tracy Edmonds this stuff. And so when they got married, he, L.A. couldn't call Babyface at their house. Oh. Babyface had to go to the car in the in the to the car phone and call L.A. from the car phone, like he was like he was to quote L.A. the side bitch. So, scandal, scandal. He talks a lot about signing Outcast, TLC, Tony Braxton. You know the lawsuits. Lisa burned the house down. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving to Arista, and Arista not going for him. Moving to Jeff Dev Jam and signing Justin Bieber, uh, signing Lady Gaga, and then dropping her, not knowing what she was worth at the time. Before mm-hmm. she blew up, became that's big. That's got to sting a little bit. Well, that stung a lot. He was very upset about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of very interesting, you know, sort of kind of behind the scenes stories about these things, like, you know, things about how Outcasts really wanted to break up super, like, earlier than we realized, which is why we got them doing two solo albums put together, Speaker Boss and The Love Below, because they, were po- they weren't supposed to actually have even made another joint project at that time. They because they were they were arguing in the LA Reed's office about, you know, like not wanting to do music anymore. I see. But yeah, so that one and then the other one is uh, A Sick Life, which is the autobiography of Tion T Boss Watkins, lead singer of TLC. Now, this one was interesting because she narrated the audiobook herself. And all of her Atlanta comes out when she's narrating it. Oh, no. There's a lot of girls and ooh childs that I'm sure are not printed on that page. Oh. <laughs> and a lot of... <laughs> hey! <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. Hilarious. You, you get a lot of interesting stories about her, like about how 
when she was a child, her and her mom were supposed to move from Des Moines, Iowa to Houston, but the movers stole their stuff and burned the rest, whatever they didn't want, which was like a terrible story. When she got into TLC, she does left eye impersonations throughout the audiobook that are impeccable. Mm. Like her left eye impersonation is perfect. <laughs> uh, she talks about. I'm still tripping over the Iowa. She's from Iowa. Yeah, she's she's from Des Moines, Iowa. She lived there I think okay. until she was like I think three or four. Okay. Oh, okay. And then she moved to Houston, and then she moved to California for like a year, half a year, and then she moved to Atlanta with her mom and her little mm-hmm. brother. She talks about left eye getting drunk and going out running naked in the woods, and her and Tion calling her and being like, "Lisa, you out running naked in the woods again." <laughs> <laughs> That is such an odd thing to like, like be on somebody about. It's like, all right, so make sure you you take care of yourself. You take your meds. You talk to such and such. You you know you you eat you eat three square meals a day. Oh, and don't run through the woods naked. Right. <laughs> know your people. They talk about, and it's it's funny because how things are like. She talks about origin stories for like things are weird. So apparently they were on tour after their first album came out with Bobby Brown. And one of Bobby Brown's backup dancers apparently didn't like them Uh-oh. and got into a physical fight with Lisa and hit her in her left eye. And so to hide the mark on stage, uh-huh. she put the a Band-Aid on. And then she later started putting that black mark under her left eye. And that was where that came from. Lisa hated that girl and, and bought a gun and with intentions to shoot her. They're like, Lisa, you can't shoot her. She's like, I wasn't going to kill her. I was just going to shoot her in the kneecap or in the leg or something. <laughs> in the leg or something. Wow. So when, Good night. So in, in Tion's autobiography, when Lisa burns the damn house down, it doesn't, it doesn't come as a shock. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. It's like, she did what now? Okay. Hmm. Lisa done burn the house. Yes! That's the best BH1 ever. I picked, I picked up the phone like, hello? Turn on Channel 5. Oh my God, turn on Channel 5. Lisa done burn the house down. It's like, you don't mess with somebody who has no problem burning down a house, even though she did it by accident. Right. She threw a sneakers. House. She threw sneakers to the, into the bathtub and with intention of burning up all of Andre Risen's um her boyfriend at the time, brand new Nikes he had just bought. But the tub melted and burned the frame of the house and it caught on fire. She could have put it out, she escaped, and you know, the house burnt to the ground. A whole house. The whole the house. Whole house. Is just and where was Andre? Uh, right there with the <laughs> He was out. A queen, a legend. She burned down his whole house and he was like. Well, I mean, I love her. Yeah, yeah, they got back together. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one who gave them the money so they could file for bankruptcy uh, a year later. Oh, child. <sighs> it's, yeah, it's, it's quite a story. So Left Eye Lopez had big dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. She got something. <laughs> I think my favorite what? story, though, is because, you know, T-Boss is dating Mr. Dalvin from Jodeci. Mm. And <laughs> apparently he called she called his hotel room one time when she when he was coming to Charlotte to visit his family and his ex-girlfriend from high school or whatever answered the phone. Nope. Okay. Nope, nope. Nope. She immediately went to Hartsfield Jackson International Airport. <laughs> Busiest airport in the world. <laughs> 
And within the hour, she was at the hotel. She she asked the hotel clerk, hi, I'm here for, to pay for an extra night for room 420. Can I have an extra key as well? Sure. Got to play the money, got the key, nope. went to the room, and beat this girl within an inch of her life. Isn't that, that's commentary on just how um, unsecure our hotel industry is. I was just about to say that. It's like, can I have an extra key? Can I have an extra key? I'm going to put this money on. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, because they should have been able to look at the books and be like, you're not the you're not the name on this. You're on not this down room. from the grave. You... <laughs> yeah. So how how are you going to pay for an extra room and you're not on your name is not on the the um the payment. So what's going on here? What's what's the truth? They probably knew. You sure can. Here you go, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Have a nice night. She, <laughs> she right probably had one. She probably had that's that big dick energy again. It's like you probably she probably walked up there and looked like as if she was in charge. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you was just like, you know what? Am I really going to, <laughs> and she to, might have to, been recognized um, to push back? Too. They might have knew who she yeah. was. That could be a TLC yeah. fan. Like, oh, of course, T-Boss. Hold on. Yeah. Of course. What else would you like me to do for you tonight? <laughs> mm-hmm. Are there any waterfalls mm-hmm. you'd like me to chase, madam, for you? <laughs> 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 would you would you like me to grease up the strap you're gonna bring up there because you were clearly <laughs> about to do some shit? Clearly, mm-hmm. yep. But yeah, it was like I just like hearing like about like how people came up because it's inspirational to me to realize that I can do more of my life than I'm currently doing. You can, Brandon. Yes. You can go to hotel you can, Brandon. There's so <laughs> many houses you can burn down. So burn many. down a house. Beat some so girl, many. beat your um your man's ex girlfriend up at the hotel. <laughs> Brandon, please aspire to that. She also mm-hmm. talks about I don't know which restaurants it is, but apparently T Boss is banned from a bunch of restaurants here in Atlanta because she used to have a bad habit if we she if she got bad service jumping across the counter and whooping somebody's ass. Well, it must like, not have been Waffle House. What? <laughs> <laughs> Because because the Waffle House people will throw some hands. They really will. I've been in Waffle. I have been in a number of them, and there's no way I'm trying to um, have a have any kind of shenanigans with any of those people. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Not a waffle. it's it probably is a, an IHOP. Maybe an IHOP. I think one of them was Another a Dairy Waffle Queen. House. She said a Dairy Queen. What? Mm-hmm. What is this queen. mess? <laughs> Maybe she asked for sprinkles and got chocolate drops. I don't know. <laughs> Oh my God! Who does that? Who jumps over Dairy? Okay, all right, okay. You know, you, your Sunday has to be right. I said <laughs> chocolate sauce, not strawberry. Uh, what is this? Ew. Is this a Jimmy? Did I ask for a Jimmy, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Did I <still> stutter? <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's serious. You know, orders are serious. Oh, yeah. Right? It's like, look, oh, they don't yeah. have time for this. But yeah, so those are mine. Uh, what about y'all? I rewatched mm. Space Jam, like the whole movie. Wow. Like wow. the whole goddamn movie. You made it through? I did. And here are my thoughts Michael Jordan is an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> This whole premise is stupid because I'm like, you're aliens? You could have just taken them. You, What are we doing? We challenge you to a basketball game, Doc. That's like, you just blew up a whole part of their area. You're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do a basketball game. The fuck I will? Do you see this shit that 
up, Rocky? I could kill you. Get in the goddamn ship. Second of all, um, why are I'm sorry, that's third of all, not second. Third of all, um, it reminded me that Michael Jordan was a baseball player and a terrible baseball player at that. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. <laughs> and at the end of the movie, we got I Believe I Can Fly. And he is exactly. And he is coming onto the baseball field out of a cartoon spaceship. Because this ain't a real spaceship, it's a cartoon. <laughs> and they're like, uh, thank and they're announcing him. And I'm like, he's the worst player on the team. Why are you announcing him? Because <laughs> he's Michael Jordan. When you, when also, you mess up, it looks good. I, when I mess up, it looks nasty. <laughs> first of all, let me tell you something. He's like, I believe in this team. Now, how will we win? Just give me the ball. But you just said you believe in the team. Yeah. What? Well, it took <laughs> Bill Murray showing up for them to... Um... <laughs> oh, so I'm like, Bill... Oh, oh, yeah, the other thing. Bill Murray apparently is like the star and he <laughs> should be a basketball player. <laughs> I'm sorry, who? Whoops? Ask for this. <laughs> Oops. I love how he Oops. showed up. He's like, okay, Oops. guy bunny gives it to girl bunny who gives it to pig who gives it to the duck who goes for the shot. <laughs> what? what is I was like, what is this? I'm so confused. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Like, Bill Murray? What's mm-hmm. this? I'm like, man, this really is for kids. Yeah. Got- yeah that, that movie did not age very well. No, it did not. I'm like, Michael Jordan's an asshole. What is this? Moron Mountain. More, yeah. Why is a, oh, yeah. Why is a pl- planet called a mountain? <laughs> it's a whole planet. Moron <laughs> Mountain. Shouldn't it be Moron Planet? See that. Ryan Coogler, you have a uphill battle. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you know what I mean? Yo, yo, listen, battle. Space Jam was a classic, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, we got to change it up a little bit, wow. you know, make it fresh, you know, for 2019. Don't do that to him. Don't do that to him. Right. Right. Me. And if they don't have a barbershop scene in this movie, I'm like, look, you have failed at this, Ryan Coogler. Have you seen the shop? You got to have a barbershop scene in Space Jam. And yet, that's how you open the movie. With Ro- mm-hmm. LeBron James sitting in a barbershop with Maverick, <laughs> getting getting his new getting his new hairpiece, and then uh, let Dre come in and lie, getting bi- getting that big and painted on on the top of his head, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, and then have Drake just walk in and come tell lies. <laughs> <laughs> I study rat beef. Oh my god, he talked about my friend in the hospital, and that was too far. Obviously, you don't study well enough. You need to go back to school. Can Drake bring in a cartoon owl? I mean... Oh, can he bring wow. in the owl from I Love the Singer? That's what you want. <laughs> you are so... <laughs> yeah, this is my new friend. I love the singer. About the moon, about the energy, moon and the, and the, energy, the springer. I love the singer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love for two. I love for two singers. <laughs> yes. Yes. Classic. Very Classic. Uh, Speaking of classics, uh, I feel bad, but I'm just going to go in. Um, The last thing I watched was uh, The Little Mermaid. Yay! Disney's Little Mermaid from 89? Yes, yes, sir. And I just had like this, you know, I wanted to 
just watch something that I knew would just be happy and just, you know, yeah. Disney. You know, sometimes you need a little Disney in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. I forgot that Ursula... <laughs> <laughs> I, was about, I was about to say, because she's really out here doing the most. So My Ursula dear sweet mess. child, that's yes. what I do. It's what I live for. Helping poor, unfortunate merfolk like yourself. Poor <laughs> souls with no one else to turn to. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a line um, when she was signing the deal with, with Ariel. You know, um, Ariel said, well, you know, if, I, if I'm human, you know, and I stay human forever, I'll never see my father again. You know, and Ursa says, yes, but you'll have your man. Life's full of tough choices. I was yeah. like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Disney movies, you're like, this is so problematic. What just happened to you? Yeah. These, are, these are the questions that, that keep people up at night. Do you want your daddy or do you want your zaddy? It's just it's just a mess. Ursula, I just, you know, you know, I, I it's just I loved it. Speaking of Little Mermaid, there was an article going around the other day. People were because you know, Disney's probably gonna do a remake of Little Mermaid at some point. It's inevitable. They've done Beauty mm-hmm. and the Beast, they've done Aladdin, they've done Lion King, Mermaid mm-hmm. has to be coming at some point. Sure. So people yep. were wondering, should they cast a black with- woman to play Ursula? Because people feel like, I guess they they see, you know, I don't know quite why, maybe because like the deeper the deeper voice or whatever, or sort of kind of the hairstyle. But She's some purple. folks felt like Ursula was black. Like, I never saw yeah, it that she way. She was sassy. And you know how those black women are. Yeah, she was full-figured, you know, <laughs> super curvaceous, just sassy yeah. and I, assertive. I don't mm-hmm. know if people know this or not, but they designed Ursula after the drag queen Divine, who plays the mom oh. in the original version of Hairspray. I did not know that. Yeah, that's, that makes that's, sense. That's who like their like, inspiration was. That makes sense. And it's okay. a Broadway actress named Pat Carroll doing the voice, who is still alive, still kicking, and still doing the voice of Ursula. She's ninety-one that's years not, old. That's not Eartha Kitt. No, no. Oh, I thought that was okay. No, it's Pat Carroll. She, she's 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 a little white woman. <laughs> a little white woman. <laughs> I, love, I love her voice. It's everything. Yeah, Eartha Kitt does the voice of the villain in the Emperor's New Groove. Such that's an it. underrated movie. Yes. 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 Okay. Underrated. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yes. But yeah. yeah, like people were suggesting Jennifer Lewis and Monique. Can I can I throw in Lizzo? In who? Lizzo. Lizzo. Who's Lizzo? She's a um oh, she's a singer. Okay. Let me look her up. Yeah, Lizzo, she um put out a Twitter video of her. Like, she said, this is her audition for Ursula. Uh, and she said, bye, bitch. And then she did the Ursula laugh. Oh, it's I see. It's uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even do that laugh. That laugh is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. She did it. And I was like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, that's awesome, though. Who do you see as Sebastian? Because that's such a key Lord character. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Titus Burgess the, played the part Sebastian on Broadway. Just let him do it again. He did what on Broadway? A play Sebastian. Oh, mm-hmm. so then he should do it then. Yeah. yeah. That's the key. It's got to be perfect, you know. He necessarily have to have a Jamaican accent. <laughs> <laughs> We're putting accent in quote, aren't we? Adia, yeah, listen to me. The human world is a mess. Life under the ocean is anything better. Because I was like, I'm trying to figure out where this uh, kingdom's supposed to be. Like, why is he Jamaican and everybody else talk like this? He swam <laughs> over. 
Did he? <laughs> Over the Atlantic, through, up through. I mean, the there's Indian Jamaicans Atlantic. who immigrated to England. Okay. This is not England, Brandon. <laughs> Do you remember where the Little Mermaid is? It's it's Danish. Well, he swam a little bit further up the up the up the canal, <laughs> up the canal, <laughs> around the fingers on the map, around the fingers, around the, around the river bend, just around. Yes, just, just around, around the river bend. He looked once just more. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for the remake. <laughs> That one's that one. That remake is gonna be oh boy. That one should have always been live action to begin with. It's so freaking rotoscoped. It might as well be. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's so much freaking tracing in that movie. Oh boy. <laughs> um, but yeah. Tell him why you're mad, son. Tell him why you're mad. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in the eighth grade, I had to draw Pocahontas things for the kindergarten graduation. And so I had to Aww. learn what the characters looked like and everything. I did a decent job for, for a 13-year-old, I think. Um, okay. I got paid a little bit to do it, so it was awesome. Okay. Um, it was lit. <laughs> Get your coins. <laughs> Coint. Uh, yes, anything else at all before we go to the, uh, the shows that are on TV? All right, so... Of course, this sort of kind of late September, early October represents the beginning of the fall TV season. And despite, you know, the changes in the industry and stuff, fall TV launches are still super important to the networks and most important to their advertisers. So everybody has gussied up their brand new programming for the year and we'll sort of kind of discuss network by network what the new shows are and what they are like. So we will start with... ABC, because every year ABC always replaces the most shit anyways, because, you know, they, they got, they've got troubles over there. <laughs> it's, it's the American Broadcasting Company, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> so, returning series on ABC, 2020, which everybody knows. Yep. How, how many years has that been out? 20? I want to say since the 70s. 1978. Jesus came back. Good God. The $100,000 Pyramid. Oh, boy. Marvel's wow. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is to come out into the summer. The summer? Okay. Yeah, like, it, oh, it comes year? out after Avengers 4 comes oh, out. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, America's Funniest Home Videos. Mm, mm, mm. American Housewife, which is, you know, a, sit, uh, like a, a one-camera sitcom, which is starting its third season. Uh, American Idol, which I'm surprised is coming back because, you know, the ratings are not good for their new American Idol. So uh, do they have new hosts? Do they, do they have new hosts? Let's find out. Because <laughs> they, they, they keep on changing the hosts. So I guess it's, you know, I guess it's new yeah. this time. Well, I guess they don't only care if Ryan Seacrest is back. If Ryan's there, right. they're good. Let's see. No, nope. Yeah, he's the only person who's been there from the start. Nope, same host. Katy Perry, Luke Bryan, Lionel Richie. Oh, wow. Dancing on the ceiling. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All um, night long. <laughs> All the, night long. Yep. The Bachelor. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. Because that's my father's favorite show. <laughs> <laughs> my Is father will sit there and he will watch. He wants to know who gets a rose, okay? <laughs> he needs to know. <laughs> oh Blackish, wow. which starts its fifth season this year, it went into um, syndication as well. Yay! Unfortunately, Kenya Bears isn't there anymore, but you know, 
We, uh, that, that's that's actually better for him. There was there's a there's an ad going on online, like on Instagram and whatnot, where the the oldest son he wants to take a he wants to do a skip year. Yeah, before yeah. he goes to before he goes to college, and he cites that Malia Obama had a skip year. <laughs> yeah, and it, Anthony Anderson is like, "You are not Malia Obama. <laughs> you you sure are not." <laughs> Uh, Celebrity Family Feud, hosted by Mustache Man. Oh. Oh, my God. It's right here on the card. I don't care. I don't care. Okay. You leave him alone. (laughs) You leave him be. I didn't know this was a show, but apparently it comes on Fridays. It's Child Support, or Saturdays, I think. Child Support, hosted by Fred Savage. Excuse me? What is that? It is a game show. Isn't that the guy from Boy Meets World? Yeah. No, no, that's that's his um his old younger brother. That's Ben Savage. Oh. Fred Savage oh. was the star of the Wonder Years. The Wonder Years. Wonder Years. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Child a, support. Child support is a game show that comes on Fridays at nine, where it's a bunch of kids at, who are the contestants. And wait, it's a game show called it's Child a Support. Game show. Do they yeah. have to pay their own child support? <laughs> <laughs> No, my um, daddy doesn't play child support, so I gotta come on this show and get my money. So it's like wow. it's five adults and five kids, and they ask the adults and the kids the same question. No, 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 no. Okay. Oh, I get it. So it's like, wait. So when you say child support, it's almost like as if you're helping your child to win the game. Yeah. Is that go double okay. there? I mean. <laughs> Double Without what the obstacle course, sound like. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. So many questions. So, okay. dan- <laughs> Dancing with the Stars, which you all know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. For the people. For the people. Which, oh, that's it's that, a Shondaland um, show. That lawyer. Yeah. Oh, that's like yeah. how to get away with murder, but bargain bargain version. Yeah. Oh. Uh, fresh off the boat. Yay! Mm-hmm. The so Goldbergs. Okay, because they need to be careful because that because that the kid who's playing the oldest son, he's getting tall. But I mean that's what happens with it. You know, that's what happens. Well, this they, is season five for them, right? So they're heading into syndication. Oh, uh, I think it's four. This one no, it's, it's, it's four. five. It's five. It's five. Oh. Yeah. So yay, syndication. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. What's, uh, the, what's the lead? What's the lead again, Brennan? What's her name? Constance Wu. Constance yeah. Wu. Yes, Constance Wu. Good for her. Star of, the, of Crazy Rich Asians. Get that money. Yep. Secure the Goldbergs. Everybody, silence. Uh, <laughs> you don't watch that. Uh, the I'm good sorry, wife. Good, the good doctor. I'm sorry, Brandon. That's a little too um, Caucasian. White. Yeah, I know. White. The good doctor. White. The great American baking show, which is surprising because, you know, they canceled the third season because they it starred, what's his name? Johnny. Um, um, Uzini, the uh, chef, pastry chef, who was um, accused of sexual harassment during like the start of the whole Me Too thing, they pulled him off the show. Wow! But oh. they're gonna shoot another another season though, apparently. Because uh-huh. Aisha oh. Curry is supposed to be on that season. Oh yeah. So maybe they'll bring that's, her back. That's the ball player's wife. Yeah. 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 Okay. The great Christmas. See, we know the sports. Yep. <laughs> the great Christmas light fight, which is a seasonal reality show. Like Double Dare? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it's like a competition between families who, who do Christmas decorations on the house. 
wow, what is happening with these shows? Are they not? <laughs> Nobody has any ideas anymore. Okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of having no idea, Grey's Anatomy is still in the air. Oh my God. Still on the air. Was that episode? Was that season 20? Uh, it's up there. It's, up, it's there. up there. Hold on. Season 15. Eight, 15. 15. <laughs> wow. They gave Law and Order a run for it because nobody touches Law and Order. Law and Order's been yep. there for And The ever. Simpsons. Oh, yeah. yeah. And The Simpsons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How to Get Away with Murder. Again? Oh, what? I thought, it got, I, thought it was, I thought it ended. No, that's Scandal. <laughs> that was Scandal. Scandal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why is Ali flabbergasted right now? I am no, I'm really shocked because I, I thought I haven't heard anybody talk about How to Give Murder in a very long time. So I just thought that it it's still on, it, 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 it premiered three <laughs> weeks ago, the new yeah, season. It's been it's been on mm, been getting good good reviews. Well, y'all wow. been talking about okay. it so Ali cannot look crazy out in these streets. Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> He's like, what is the one? Because y'all ain't talking about it. That's still come on. Stone-faced and shit. Like, <laughs> got me. Yeah. Scandal's gone. Scandal Wait, is now gone. Now Ali is three weeks behind. He's like, damn, I got to catch up. <laughs> uh, Modern Family. Modern Family's still there. Yep. Okay. Which I heard they're gonna kill yeah, one, no, one of the main. No, actually, no, yeah. actually, I I feel like no, I think Modern Family's a popular show on there. Yeah, yeah, it's very popular uh-huh. still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know, um, football. <laughs> football. <laughs> Saturday night football, and then NBA Saturday primetime, which will be coming later, of course. Why is it mm-hmm. right now? Actually, uh, Shark Tank. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. You want to pitch your ideas? What? Speechless. The show about many drivers that as the mother of the uh, um, the kid who has a disability, who can't talk very well. Okay. So, all right. Speechless. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he's mute. Yep. Splitting up together, which is a new sitcom show. Okay. Stars Jenna, Jenna Fisher, Oliver Hudson. It's not new, but if they debuted it in the fall of this year, I mean, in the spring this okay. year in March. Splitting okay. up so together. This is like season two for them. Okay. Yep. Station 19, which is a Shondaland show about... Is this the one about the fire department? Yeah, fire yes. department. Yes. It, used, it was coming 19. on when Scandal was in its last season. They would put Station 19 before or after. Right. To Interesting. It- so so is this whole like ABC's trying to like... They're trying to, they're trying to corner... They're trying to corner, um, you know how NBC has a Chicago fire, Chicago law, yeah. Chicago PD, you know. So they are they trying to, is that what, what's happening with ABC too? They're trying to see if they can corner all these different aspects of of um of being a, a public servant. Yeah, because this, no, this one's a spin off. Yeah. This was a spin-off <laughs> of Grey's Anatomy, because like um it has like characters who have connections to the Grey's Anatomy on it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah and that's exactly and that's yeah, so that's and that's exactly what um, NBC is doing. If all their Chicago whatever shows, right. all of them show up in each other's show. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. and then the last returning show is to tell the truth, which is you know the um, the game show. Okay. Wow. Yep. This is sad. Very <laughs> new ABC, ABC yep. game new, shows. New ABC and series. Double Bear. Uh, sorry, uh, the Alec Baldwin show, which is no. a talk show that comes on Sundays. Boo. Really? <laughs> oh wow! Like Baldwin show? Okay. Yeah, the Alec Baldwin show. No, Alec. All black people don't love you. 
The Connors, which, of course, is Roseanne without Roseanne because, you know, Roseanne said that Valerie Jarrett was like a um, a monkey ape and a mm-hmm. member of the Muslim Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And then told us two weeks later, I thought the bitch was white! <sighs> yeah. Um, but okay. I'm sorry, Connors, I'm not watching. I wasn't watching nope. the, uh, the Roseanne one either. I wasn't watching you. the reboot Either. anyway. <laughs> the revival anyway. I wasn't watching it, but... I mean. uh, yep. Dancing with the Stars Juniors. No. <laughs> Come on, kitties. <laughs> uh, the Fix, which is a legal drama. Mm. Wait a second. This is not ABC anymore, right? You just No, this is still another. ABC. This is still ABC. So they- Mm-hmm. So yep. they really are trying to. So you see, they're trying to get all the other parts of being a public servant. Okay, so yep. you have the lawyer drama now. Okay. Yep. Uh, this show. This is the second. This is the second lawyer drama because yeah, remember, yeah. You, you said that was that there was a Shondaland lawyer yeah, for show. the people for yeah. the people. Right. Yeah. This one's okay. from um, a different production company, but also one of the regulars on this show is Marin Dungey, the sister to Channing Dungey, who you know last year she she canceled conviction with. Um, yes. With the Asian Carter as the star. Remember yes. we joked about how like, you know, Thanksgiving dinner was going to be really tense. I'm sure that mother Ch- Ch- um, Dungy was like, can't you get your sister on another show? And so this is the other show, apparently. Mm. <laughs> Why won't you do something nice for your sister? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Grand Hotel, which is about a hotel in multicultural Miami Beach. Wow. Okay. Uh, I don't see anybody that... I mean, there's people in the show, but nobody that we really know like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Eva Longoria is going to be a guest star on it, apparently, so hey. Mm-hmm. Better be, it better be the premiere. <laughs> the Kids Are All Right, which is a sitcom set in 1972. 1972? Yep. Okay. Okay. It's not... All right. Okay. Uh, a Million Little Things... Which God, I think your, is your, like the ABC your, version of the uh, next version of This Is Us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's your it's your This Is Us, but with but with depression and suicide this time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a we got that on that. Wait, they'll about have a rookie, right? The rookie, which is about a rookie police um, officer played by Nathan Fillion. No. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. This is this is this. Uh, I, Brandon, this is making me depressed. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a million and one little things. <laughs> single parents, which is another sitcom that is about uh-huh. a group of um, you know, single parents who raise their kids. Uh, these are like some not quite high concept programs. Like I could come up with this shit. You know what this sounds like. This this sounds like someone at the uh, studios. They have realized that um, Netflix and Hulu and all these other uh, streaming uh, channels, mm-hmm. they've got the goods. and And it sounds like they are really on the fence because all this because everything that I've heard you just say doesn't ring a bell. But everybody's watching the other shows that are on Netflix and Hulu. Those are the things that are hot right now. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking that, you know, network execs, they're really sweating. They're like, we need to somehow hold these people and keep them here because everybody's going over there. And they're right. 
oh, this is a scary time for broad work, broad work, Woo. broadcast, broadcast television. Scary time. Yep. So the next show was that is a show spinoff of the Goldbergs called Schooled, which is set in like a, a school in the 1990s. It's supposed to star Tim Meadows and Nia Long, but Nia Long apparently went to be on NCIS Los Angeles instead. So now it just stars Tim Meadows. Nia Long is on NCIS Los Angeles. All right. <laughs> NCIS Los Angeles still comes on? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I mean, what? Brandon, I feel like you are not giving us the real breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> He's holding back. What? He's holding yeah, I, feel like I haven't gotten the CBS yet. Spill I, it I, I, around. I got to go through ABC first. You he sound like you're going to tell yeah. us that Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson's uh, engagement is over and not that they broke up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, and then Ladies the last and gentlemen, this is known as the big buildup. <laughs> <laughs> the, the last new show on ABC is Whiskey Cavalier, which is a drama show about the FBI and the CIA. Whiskey Cavalier. Keep it. Notable because uh, young Chris, Tyler James Williams, is on the show as one of the main characters. I don't know who that is. Uh, Everybody Hates Chris. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and. <laughs> And the shows they canceled. The shows they canceled. <laughs> Alex Incorporated. The Crossing. Deception. That was funny. That was funny. <laughs> Designated Survivor, which is going to Netflix instead. See? Okay. See? So, so Netflix it's is picking up. for Netflix, too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You need to binge that, not, not watch it week to week. I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, Inhumans. Kevin Probably Saves the World. Nope. The mayor, rest in peace. Uh, the hey, middle. Huh? Okay, he he got he got his new show. He got so. his new show. Yep. Once upon a time, Quantico, Roseanne, ha ha. Uh, Scandal. Oh no, Quantico. Does oh that means that um, dang. Yeah, I hope she gets another show. Have snack delicious on our screen. That's ridiculous. It's <laughs> a damn shame. Wait, uh. wait. Who's snack delicious? Wait, what? Who? What? Who's Snackalicious? Because, because um, Priyanka. Oh, okay, true, 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 true. Continue. All right, uh, ten days in the valley, and the toy box were all canceled. Okay. All right. So next up is CBS. Uh oh. <laughs> Returning right, so programs. All, all, what all our parents are watching. <laughs> <laughs> Returning programs: forty-eight hours, oh. sixty minutes, the oh amazing God. race. The Big mm-hmm. Bang Theory, which is in its last season. Hooray! Because, uh, okay. what's his wait, name? wait, hold on. Because Jim Parsons has had enough of this shit. <laughs> Too old for this. Uh, Blue Blood. No, no, I will say, no, I will say, I, I do, I do, I do stand for, for Amazing Race. That used to be a really good show. I liked it. Uh, Blue Blood, which y'all, y'all brought up earlier. <laughs> well, <Bulls>. yes. <laughs> Celebrity Big Brother, Criminal Minds, <laughs> Elementary. <laughs> Hawaii Five O, <laughs> Instinct, oh, Lord. Life in Pieces, MacGyver, MacGyver, what? Madam what? Secretary, Man with the Plan, Mom, 
NCIS, NCIS uh-huh. Los NCIS, Angeles, Los Angeles, NCIS New Orleans, <laughs> New Orleans, <laughs> Ransom, <laughs> SEAL Team, Survivor, is SWAT, it SEAL Team Six? I think, and uh, Young Sheldon. Uh, New wow. shows on CBS: Murphy Jeez. Brown, which is okay. back. That might be something. So I saw the pilot. The pilot was actually very fucking funny. Latria recommended it to me. I watched it. That shit was good. She gets back into um, TV journalism after Trump wins. And, but instead of being on broadcast TV, now she's going to be on cable. Mm-hmm. So she's like a cable news, um, news anchor, her and her old team and everything. And they're trying to adjust to the new world of social media. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because Murphy Brown only had a flip phone and the tech guy was like, oh, wow, a flip phone. I've never heard, I've never seen one in real life before. <laughs> and he tries to call Siri on her flip phone. <laughs> um, other new series, Blood and Treasure. Oh, wow. It is a action adventure show about an antiques expert and art thief who Teams up with a to catch a ruthless terrorist who's stealing treasure. So it's a treasure hunt show, basically. No, it's Carmen San Diego. You need to call a spade a spade. Oh, Ali is sassy yeah. tonight. Spicy, spicy. Yeah, that got pushed to summer, anyways. Uh, the code. The code. The code. Which is a mid-season replacement. It is about... Oh, I can't tell. I don't have the description up here. I don't know. Um, sounds like hmm. spies? Like spies what? or sound something? Sounds like spies. What kind of show titles is this? It sounds like the bootleg side of Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Man. It's probably right. The code. Ransom. NCIS. What is going on? It's Ugh. a sitcom called Fam. Nope, that's starring it. Starring Nina Dobrev and Tone Bell. And Shirley Ralph and Brian Stokes Mitchell. Oh, no. (laughs) So I'm guessing it's a show about a a white woman married to a black man. Because everybody else in the show appears to be black. It it is fake. Oh, wow. That sounds sounds like it's going to... Oh, it's it's multi-camera, too. So it's going to have a uh, uh, studio audience. Oh, hell. Just cancel it right now before it becomes more problematic than it already is. Think pieces. Think pieces. (laughs) Uh, sure. F- FBI, which is a Dick Wolf show about the FBI. FBI, FBI. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> everybody, everybody's making shows about the FBI now. This is a second network with an FBI show. Mm-hmm. It's not that fucking interesting. It's Cointel Pro coming at us from the TV Ugh. screen. Uh, God Friended Me, which is the show that Brandon Michael Hall, aka the mayor, ended up on. Yay! I'm hearing good things about that, but so am I. I might check it out. I don't know. I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Happy Together, the which is the Amateur? new sitcom that Amber Stevens West, a.k.a. Maxine Carmichael, ended up on. What's it called? Uh, Happy Together. It's her and Damon Wayans Jr. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they're, they've taken in a, like, a, a, like basically Justin Bieber, who's uh, a character called Cooper James, played by Felix oh, Millard. So he should just name the character Justin Bieber. (laughs) No, that guy, Damon Wayans Jr., he has really good comedic timing. So he he gets a nine hundred aunts and uncles. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um 
We talked about David Wayans Sr. quitting. Yeah, we did last week. That's week. Mm-hmm. Quitting uh, Lethal Weapon. <laughs> mm-hmm. He needed his hat. And then I think you said that the other guy wants to quit too. No, they fired the other guy and replaced him. Okay. Only person left okay. there is Stifler. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Magnum P.I., which is, of course, a new remake of Magnum P.I. starring J. Hernandez. Keep it. <laughs> but with no mustache. Million Dollar Mile, which is a obstacle course competition reality show. Amazing Race? Okay. <laughs> Sound like it. Amazing Race with, with obstacles. <laughs> yep. So Double Dare? Yep. The Neighborhood. <laughs> you better stick with it too. It'll work well. <laughs> the Neighborhood, which is the, sh- which is the show about Cedric, the entertainer, and Tashina Arnold, where the white folks move in next door to them who are gentrifying. Oh, goodness. Oh, okay. I saw the ad for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And The Red Line, which is a show about a... Oh, Christ. It's a show about a white cop in Chicago who mistakenly shoots and kills a black doctor. Nope. Wait, I thought you were going to say it was about Christ because you said The Red Line and it said Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Red red words. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Yes. The I words mean, of Christ are written in red. Maybe I might be more inclined to watch it if it, it wasn't created by Caitlin Parrish and Erica Weiss, I'm who sure I'm just is. guessing that neither of them... Let's, let's just double check. You never know. Married names and like that. No, Erica Weiss is a white woman. And Caitlin Parrish, I mean, um, survey says... Definitely a white woman. Uh, <laughs> well, by episode uh, two. Got it. Uh, not returning for this season. Uh, 9JKL, which I knew was going to get canceled. The show about the family who all live on the same floor of the apartment building. That shit wasn't going to make it. Uh, Code Black, Kevin Can Wait, Living Biblically, Me, Myself, and I. Sorry, Jaleel White. Scorpion, Superior Donuts. Good. Fuck that racist-ass fucking show. I hated that show. I don't even know what you're talking Wait, about, so I'm glad. What's it called? Superior Donuts is a show about a white man who owned a donut shop in Chicago. He hires a young black guy oh, yeah, to help he him takes run in, it. He takes in like a black ward. Yeah. yeah. And it's sort of kind of like, like race, that, uh, like a race relations, the um, yeah. generation gap sort of a thing. Wow. It's, it's, it's and really, it's so pandery. It's, it's so bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. I don't like that. Wisdom of the Crowd was another show that was goofy. And then Thursday Night Football, which moved to Fox because Fox wants to show all the sports since they don't have any programs to show anymore. Uh, Brandon, I'm going to need you, Brandon, and, 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 and crew to move to Los Angeles tonight. <laughs> and um, and just fix start this shit? writing. Just fix it, please. Thank you so much. Fix it, Appreciate Jesus. it. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> the CW... Returning shows, a lot of them because CW don't ever cancel shit. D100, Arrow, Black Lightning. Let's stop right there. Yes. Black oh, Lightning boy. season two premiere was lit. No pun intended. I was there. Loved it. That shit you was awesome. There? Robert Townsend said house nigga on broadcast television. He Ooh, sure child. did. He sure did. <laughs> I was like, who is the roof? Fucking ghetto. I was like, I was like, you better tell it. How, how was that even possible? I'm st- I'm asking you. A, a That's why question. I Brandon. I was like, I like, didn't know you were to say that. They, on they TV. let you slide on stuff like that if it's contextual. Because remember, Carmichael uh-huh. had that whole episode about the about the N word. 
Okay. Like, they'll let you slide every now and then, but, like, you know, you can't be, like, overdoing it, I guess, is the whole thing. I mean, that episode was had a lot of strife. You know, we had Jennifer fighting with her, you know, trying to control mm-hmm. her power. She's floating that night in the air when she yeah. sleeps. She that was shot. Intense. She got mad and shot Lynn in the arm, and then Lynn backed away when Jennifer came to try to like, mom, mom, I'm sorry. I was like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody gasped like you. You burned your mama. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was just so much tenderness, and finally figured all that bullshit. It's, it's like somebody. It's like um, let's picture it. Salim um, and Mara Brockakil are on vacation in the Bahamas. Somebody comes in the me, yo, man, I like black lightning, but listen, how come Henderson don't know that black lightning is black light is Jefferson Pierce? How come um, y'all got that, y'all got that white, that white, that crazy white girl with the weird skin? And how come um Vice Principal Thirsty don't ever do anything? And it's like Sleep My Kill heard all that shit. And he was like, bet. And went, and also, can you make it blacker? It's like he heard all that shit and just went and addressed every issue in the first episode. Henderson finds out. That black light is Je- Jefferson Pierce. They mm-hmm. killed that white girl, Sinai. They BS. brought Robert Townsend and Bill Duke's black ass onto the yep. show. Yep. <laughs> and have Erica <laughs> Alexander waiting in the wings. Yep. Oh. Stephanie's waiting to tag in. Come on in, Stephanie. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Let me tell you something. That is some BS. Just tell me who you... Just tell me, Negro. First of all, I'm looking at his ass. You've known him how long? <laughs> mm-hmm. He doesn't change his beard. He has the same beard. How... What is what kind of Clark Kent BS is this? Mm-hmm. I think it's a DC thing because the whole Clark Kent thing, like nobody knows it's Clark Kent. You know, he puts on a pair of like black frame glasses and that's mm-hmm. it. Wait, and is wait, wasn't it? Is Lynn Lynn Stewart? Yeah, he said he's, Thunder, yeah, and he's, I was like, oh yeah, he was like, is Lynn Thunder? Look at Thunder. That is not Lynn. Lynn is like look six at feet her tall. And her big ass and the ponytail, and you going. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Secondly, secondly, do you see how Lynn, how, how much taller than Thank Jefferson you. Lynn is? She's I'm a like, tall glass of water. What the hell is going on? You know what? Now y'all being stupid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How is he a mm-hmm. cop? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. But you're a detective, right? Ugh. But can we, talk about, can we talk about vice president and that shoe? Yeah, she got stiletto shoes. Okay. She got stiletto shoes with fucking knives in them. She took them off and was like, is that chick? I said, what program is this? And then she beat that girl and stabbed her in the throat and said, you got my hair wet, bitch. Thank you. <laughs> I see you black girl because you, you picked that up real quick. It's like, see me, you don't get this hair wet. What is happening tonight? Yep, I was like, okay. And then at the end when she broke into Tobias's office with them goddamn owl Fucking uh, Milo Thatch and Atlantis, the Lost Empire ass glasses on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Tobias was having none of that shit. He pulled out that harpoon and shot her in the gut. And she said, That was it. Ah! I was screaming right along with the like, <laughs> ouch, 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 ouch. <laughs> I was like, We saw it go in. They didn't cut away or nothing. They, they panned not. to the wall. They didn't do it for a reverse <laughs> shot. I saw that shit go right into her stomach. <laughs> And he pulled. He, he yeah. hooked her and, and yanked. Ooh. And he said, I'm going to peel your skin off with a butter knife, you bitch. And I said, what? <laughs> Wait, I was, well, I was waiting all episode for Tobias, and that's what we get? Listen, it's funny I, because I, we talk, why Ali do you have talk, a harpoon? Why do you have bows and arrows? Ali and I were talking about the shit because we saw the cast at 
Dragon Con. Everybody except for Crest was at Dragon Con doing a panel. And Crondon, the guy who plays Tobias, he's so goddamn nice and polite and well-mannered and shit. It's like, he is acting on this pro. He is acting. <laughs> yeah, he says, he says bitch a little too aggressive. <laughs> He ain't a fesser, okay? They told him, they told him, say bitch and mean it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But yeah, that shit was lit. Please watch Splat Lightning if y'all have not watched it. Season one is on Netflix. Um, It's great. It's a great uh, show. Crazy Rich, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which is in its last season. Yay. Dynasty, which I thought that shit got canceled. That shit had ratings that were like... They sold it off. More people, more people saw my high school graduation and watched the episode of Dynasty. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Flash, which I haven't seen the new premiere yet. I heard it was good. I heard they, they got back focused and they fixed fucking Ralph. And can I just say that they really fucked up the whole Ralph Dibney introduction. Ralph Dibney in the comics is like adorable, sweet, well-mannered, good-natured, like, superhero guy. And the guy in the show was just this misogynistic dunderhead that just... Why they do him like that? Uh, I, Zombie, which is still in the damn air. Jane the Virgin, which is ending this season as well. Uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which is coming back. Masters of Illusion. I think that's a reality show. The outpost. Is that the magic, the magic outpost. trick thing? Yeah. The outpost. What the fuck is the outpost? Hold on a second. Uh, fantasy adventure drama television show, CW. Uh, oh, it's like some, it's it's like some alien shit. <laughs> uh, okay. Penn and Teller Fool Us, which is, of course, another reality show. Riverdale, season three premiere. Wow. <laughs> so... That shit was good, too. Although, I don't know where they're going this season. I think they're bringing in real magic or, or demons and shit. They got Dilton Doily worshiping demons in, in this D&D game he plays, and the demons come to actual life, apparently. You got oh, Betty's, Betty's mom and her, and her sister in this cult. Is that jumping a shark, Brandon, if you put magic in the show? Well, I mean, Sabrina lives two towns over. <laughs> yeah, Sabrina isn't on the show yet. I know, but she lives two towns over. Because <laughs> I mean, because they were out, because uh, the uh, Betty's mama and sister are in this cult, and they were out back um, doing cult shit with the rest of the cult over a fire, and it took Betty's, um, well, Polly, his, her sister's two new children, and held them over a fire, and they dropped them into the fire. And Betty's like, why are you about to bring the babies? And the babies started fucking floating over the fire. They were floating. Floating nope. babies. Nope, nope, nope. nope. <laughs> Betty saw that shit. She, she went into shock and passed right the fuck out. And I, I almost did too. <laughs> I literally screamed. No, at, I'm like, I, no. I literally screamed mm-hmm. at the TV, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm like, I'm like Issa Rae's uh, tenant. I don't fuck with ghost shit. <laughs> people, people are on Twitter talking about, uh-uh, I'll fuck with this demon shit. Why these babies floating in over the fire? What is this? What kind of satanic goddamn measles no, love no, shit is this? No. no. That's, that's the stuff I don't mess with. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm hoping they find out it was some Scooby-Doo shit with some goddamn wires and magnets and stuff because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we do in this season of Riverdale. We dropping babies in fires and worshiping uh, demons. Okay. <laughs> Watch it. You know what? Well, Dude, to balance it out. Well, and Archie's Archie's going to jail. He's going to um juvie. Uh, 
And, well, at least to bounce that, Archie did have his jalopy finally. You know, for those who know Archie Comics, he drives that broken-down Model T. They got it fixed oh up. And, 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 um, that show <laughs> is going to get destroyed on my island. Like, there's going to be so... Oh, oh and, they've already canceled it on Do- and Dominica. It's like, they... They, 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 so they just air a black screen probably, on 8 o'clock on the CW. <laughs> there are probably pastors that are, that are already making their their um, their Sunday... Sunday um, their this Sunday show, program. Riverdale, starring this red-headed boy, yeah. Archie Andrews. You know, red mm. is the color of the devil. Can I get Amen. <laughs> yep, yep. That's what's probably happening right now. So, yep. Uh, Supergirl, which is starting season four. Uh, Super, and it also is on Sunday now. The CW finally has a Sunday schedule for the first time in a decade because they have too many shows now. Uh, what? Yep. Supernatural, which is on season like nine hundred. And I'm whose line is it anyway? <laughs> do they really watch that show? Yeah, I, I yeah, they do. People do watch it. I'm like. Wow, I really should be watching this show. I'm like, what is this, season 12? Uh, 14. What? <laughs> Let me double check is that. It's either 14 or 15. It is 14. Okay. Is it an hour long show? Yeah, it's an hour long show. Oh, boy. Oh, I'll yeah. never catch up now. Um, and whose line is it anyway? Uh, new series, All American, which is actually a black show, which airs after Riverdale. Well, it's about a um, black kid who comes to L- to L.A. to... Well, he lives in South L.A. He goes to Beverly Hills to stay with Tay Diggs, and he's going to play on the on the Beverly Hills football team. Oh, so be- so Tay Diggs can tell him about not seeing his color? Right. Somebody else should put colorblind on. Yeah, he's one of them. Charm, which is a remake of the original show that was on the WB back in the day. This mm-hmm. time, the three girls are Latina. But their article came out, two of them are not Latina. They're light-skinned black girls. <laughs> Who learned <laughs> Spanish to get the audition? <laughs> this is too much. This is too much. <laughs> I, I'm not really mad at them, though. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> they like, excuse me, uh, correction. They are light skinned black girls. Listen, sometimes the blight bill is due. And you can, Listen, it's problematic. Yes, it is. I, I'm so confident because it's like, it's like it's, they black, but they 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 ain't Latin. So and you can't be both. And so I don't, I'm just, I didn't know whether to be offended or impressed. I'm just saying. Listen, where is Kate Blanchett? Where is Tilda Swinton? Uh, in the Dark, which is a Mexican yeah. replacement about a blind woman who's the only witness to a murder. That okay. sounds like that's going to be interesting. It got quiet. <laughs> uh, Legacies, which is a spinoff like, of the original. It got quiet because it's not about two light-skinned black girls. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. <laughs> wow. I'm going to need you to get out to L.A., Brandon. Come on. And Let's get Ro- a GoFundMe. And Roswell, yeah. New Mexico. Which is a remake of the Roswell TV show. Roswell? Oh, I yeah. That. Before it jumped the shark. Yep. Yeah. And they canceled oh. Life Sentence, the originals, and Valor, which, you know, the originals was on the air for a long time. Life Sentence and Valor were like one season um, wonders, basically. Fox. 
Okay. Uh, 911 starring Angela Bassett is returning. As oh, is man. Beat Shazam starring Jamie Foxx. Oh my God. Bob's Burgers. All right. Cosmo starring Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh. Really? Empire. I didn't know that was still a thing. It's still a thing. Empire. Oh my God. Uh, Family Guy. Oh my God. The Gifted, which I heard was good. This 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 season started and it's actually pretty good. I heard Boo Boo Kitty move from Empire to The Gifted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she sure did. Uh, Grace Byers. Hey, Gracie Poo. Mm-hmm. So now her and her husband don't go to work together anymore. I guess, or I guess they go to the Fox Studio and they just drive separate directions now. Because <laughs> <laughs> she met uh, Trey Byers on the set of Empire, and then they got married. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Gordon Ramsay's Twenty Four Hours to Hell and Back. It's obviously keep, a reality keep, show. They keep they keep putting that man on. Yep, they like him apparently. Him and his cooking. Gotham, mm-hmm. which is in its last season. Praise Jesus, I, I understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Hell's Kitchen, another Gordon Ramsay program. Mm-hmm. Last Man Standing, starring Tim Allen, which Fox took from ABC because they're Ooh. trash. That's the com- that's the comic competition, right? No, la- no, <laughs> that's Last Comic Standing that was on NBC. Last Oops. Man Standing is a sitcom about Tim Allen playing a um, a, um, a racist. <laughs> He, he's probably playing like like a small town conservative, but listen. Yes. Okay. A racist. Uh, okay. Lethal Weapon, which may be ending soon because Damon Wayne's had enough of this shit. Yeah. Uh, he's too old for it. He's too old for this shit. He need to find his smile. Yep. <laughs> the Orville, starring Seth MacFarlane in live action. The Resident, which I don't know what the fuck is the Resident. Is that medical? Yes. Yes. Sounds, okay. It sounds very medical. Yes, it's, it's medical. Uh, mm-hmm. The Simpsons. Which is on a season gotta be thirty by now or twenty nine. Hold on, yeah, that's long 30, money. Season thirty, long money, long hmm. money. Yep, Oosh. star. That's Queen Latifah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. And Thursday Night Football, which you know now Fox is showing all the football. Uh, new series, The Cool Kids, which is a comedy show starring David Allen Greer, Martin Mull, Leslie Jordan, and Vicky Lawrence. Three guys live in the retirement community. Oh, and then and then and then a girl shows up at the retirement community, well, a, a grown ass woman, um, the masked singer, a reality TV show where you celebrities sing in a oh let me guess let me guess let me guess costume let me guess Brandon Brandon let me guess uh-huh. so it's like the voice but instead of the of this of the celebrity judges being turned around and listening to just people singing the people come up and they have a mask on. The, it's celebrities co- who co- are competing in this show and they wear masks. Oh, hell no. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. And they do have celebrity judges. Uh, Nick Cannon is the host and the judges are Ken Jeong, Jenny McCarthy, <sighs> Nicole Scherzinger, and Robin Thicke. Oh, my. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Nope. Uh, okay. Mental Samurai, hosted by L- Rob Lowe, which sounds, it's, a, it's Double Dare. This is Double Dare. Obstacle course yes! competition series features contestants answering knowledge-based questions while being moved around the show's specially designed set in a capsule that can rotate 360 oh degrees. Oh my goodness! Yes! <laughs> so that is double dare. <laughs> I told you. You go, 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 go. This is so exciting. The passage, which is based on books, 
Does anybody know the passage books? No. no. It, uh, can't, it can't be the passage that I'm thinking about. That's too depressing. Apocalyptic, so post-apocalyptic world overrun by vampire-like beings who are infected by a highly contagious virus. Oh, I was thinking about the middle passage from Africa. Oh, oh. No. <laughs> Lord, no. Uh, it stars Mark Paul um, Gosselar. Oh, well. Go ahead, Zach Morris. Yep. <laughs> uh, Rail which, of course, stars Lil Rail and is produced and created by Jamarat Carmichael. Mm-hmm. I saw the first episode of this and... Mm-hmm. You didn't like it? I didn't like it that much, but sitcoms like this need oh, some time he to can't, find a voice. He can't, he, can't, he can't hold his own running? It's not him, it's just the writing was sort of kind of like, it didn't know what it wanted to be quite yet. It's him, uh, Jordan Jones, Jess Hilarious, and Sinbad plays the dad. And basically, it's just Sinbad Sinbadding whenever they cut the camera to him. <laughs> like, I thought that like, he would be sort of kind of like how David Allen Greer was in the Carmichael show, sort of kind of old and honorary. But it's Sinbad being Sinbad. Like, he's been Sinbad for the last 30 years. So, like, so like back, back on A Different World? Yeah. Like, it's weird. He hasn't aged his, like, I guess his screen persona at all. Uh, proven Innocent, legal drama... Wrongful, it's set in a wrongful conviction firm. Kelsey Grammer is on this program. Oh, my God. And Russell Hornsby is on it. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I might have to watch, watch at least an episode of it for Russell Hornsby. Uh, Spin the Wheel, which is a game show posted by Dax Shepard. It sounds like The Price is Right from the description. Basically, it sounds like a bootleg The Price is Right. Is it a giant wheel with yeah, numbers a, on it? Gi- giant wheel with money. It's, it's Price is Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the shows they canceled. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which moved to NBC. Mm-hmm. The Exorcist. Ghosted. L.A. to Vegas. The Last Man on Earth. Lucifer, which moved to Netflix. Mm-hmm. The Mick. New Girl. And The X-Files, because Gillian Anderson had enough of that shit. Mm, yeah, oh, she also had enough of. She also had. Oh, yeah, Julian Anderson also had enough of, of American Gods. She loved that show too. <laughs> what? She was like, she was like, a lot of people are fucking with me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm about to sit my ass at home. Thank you. Uh, NBC, nigga, be careful. Uh, returning shows: AP Bio, The Blacklist, Blind Spot, Brooklyn Nine Nine, which came from Fox. Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, mm-hmm. Chicago mm-hmm. PD. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. Ellen's Game of Games, which is, I guess, Ellen's reality game show. Everybody got a game show. Football Night in America, Good Girls, The Good Place, which I hear is really good. Ken oh loves that God. show. Thank God. Uh, Law and Order Jesus. SVU. Yay! Making That's it. That's never going to stop. <laughs> Midnight Texas, the NBC Sunday Night Football, which I guess they still have. Superstore. This is us, the Yay. voice, the wall, Will and Grace, and World of Dance. New I'm show. Happy for, I'm happy for Superstore because America Ferrara is a really good actress. Oh yes, she is. Mm-hmm. Superstore uh, news shows. Abby's, which is about a bar in San Diego. I don't recognize okay. any of the actors in the show. It's a, it's a sitcom. I don't know if it'll make it. America's Got Talent, the champions. Oh boy. Hosted by Terry Crews. What? 
Yeah. Okay, what happened to Tyra Banks? Oh, was Tyra Banks the host of this program? Yes. America's Got Talent? Not America's Next Top yes. Model. America's Got Talent. Nick yes, Cannon was Tyra the host Banks of that. Stopped, Tyra Banks stopped um, um, that show to be on, to be on, um, uh, not not to be on it, but she she became the host of America's Got Talent. Oh, okay. It used to remember Nick Cannon used to be yeah Nick Cannon used to be the host. hosted, but then Tyra Banks took it over. Right. The Enemy Within, which is a drama show about the CIA and the FBI. Okay. Uh, Morris Chestnut is on this show. For yeah. anybody still a fan, Morris Chestnut. Okay. The Gilded Age which is a TV drama about the 1880s. So ain't going to be no niggas on what? this program. Clicking back. Why? Uh, <laughs> I saw on NBC? Uh-huh. Why? That's going to be hard to pull off because usually shows like that are on like the, the other... Um, the other paid-for um, yeah. you know, uh, channels. So they could be HBO darker. and Showtime. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I Feel Bad, a sitcom about a wife, mother, and car- a career woman who feels bad when she deviates from her own standards or profession while trying to have it all. I guess. Okay. I have a question, Brandon, when, it's, when you finish your, your whole list, because... Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. <laughs> the, the In-Between, which is a drama show about a woman who can communicate with and see dead people. Yeah. Help them resolve their unresolved problems. So this is just like, so this is just like Sarah, no, not Sarah Michelle Geller. The Sixth Sense. Um, Jennifer, Jennifer Love Hewitt's show that was uh, um, on air a couple of years ago where she could see, where she could see mm-hmm. ghosts and she had to like investigate. She was like Nancy Drew could see ghosts. Uh, Ghost Whisperer. Ghost Whisperer. There you go. Yep. Uh, manifest. Uh, that, on that's the thing where it's, commercial it's lost, but yeah, like the air, yeah. airplane reappears after being uh, missing for five day, five years, and everybody <sighs> oh, is still the same age. Okay. Uh, let's see, New Amsterdam, which is a show about a hospital. This is a, another medical drama. Oh, so New I, Amsterdam. I'm seeing patterns here. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Titan Games. We want to see. We want to see dramas about about people in their everyday working lives. Right. The Titan Games, hosted by Dwayne Johnson. Basically, it seems to be American Gladiators. Titan Games. Yeah, okay. it's similar to American Gladiators, but it's hosted what by was the Rock. guy. What was the guy who everybody wanted to be Shazam, but he can't act or he's, John Cena. He was- so John Cena had a show like that too, where it was like he was hosting a show where people were um, survivalists, people who claim to be survivalists, they would they would test their grit out in nature. Ah, uh, yeah. They had a show like that on the Weather Channel, uh, <laughs> and The Village, which is a drama about an apartment building in Brooklyn, where people who reside in the building have built a bonded family of friends and neighbors. So this is us in an apartment building. Okay. I guess that kind of makes that kind of makes sense for a place like Brooklyn because you yeah. know, New York. Right. And the shows they canceled. Uh Better Nate, Better Late Than Never, The Brave, Champions, Great News, Rise, Shades of Blue, Taken, 
Thursday Night Football and Timeless, which is going to have a, a series finale movie. Okay. All right. And then from there, we have streaming service shows, a couple of those that are notable. Uh, Netflix is debuting The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which we've already talked about. You know, it's a Riverdale, not a spin-up, but I guess like a companion show to Riverdale because it stars Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, and her two aunties and Salem the Cat and Cousin Ambrose and all that, except for they're going full witchy-witchy with the demon worshiping and the raising of spirits and the dead and stuff and blood and guts and blood rituals and, you know, and satanic curses and shit, you know. All right. Oh, yeah. Um, so not for kids? Not for kids at all. <laughs> it's based on the most recent Sabrina comic books, which are definitely not for children. So don't watch this shit expecting Melissa Joan Hart to appear on it and be cute. It stars uh, Karen Shipka, I think her name is. Karen Shipka Kieran from Shipka. Uh, Mad Men. Yes, who played the daughter on Mad Men. Uh, Daredevil season three, which comes out. Is it out already or is it this week? No, it's coming it's this out. Week. Okay. This week. Yeah. Which brings back Wilson Fisk as the um, I saw in the trailer. Woohoo! Yep. And they're basically framed um, Daredevil for murder by using a, is his name Bullseye from the comics? Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, people speculate it's going to be Bullseye. Right. So. Making a Murderer season, what is it, season two, I guess it has to be? Yep, that's season two. So it's coming back. Right. Is it the same case? It is the same case, Ooh, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have to read Ali's notes on the next one. House of Cards signs trash. <laughs> <laughs> so a certain spacey comic Kevin is no longer on this program for he, reasons that we've already discussed. Uh, in, in at length. Yes. And so Robin Wright is now the president of the United States, you know, by herself. Her husband is dead. And so we're going to see her act of fool by herself. Um, yeah. On Amazon Prime, Homecoming, which is a political drama, uh, I guess, Think Mr. Robot, which got canceled on, on USA. Yeah. Which, yeah, so instead of instead of it being like um, tech techno stuff, it's like political machinations. Right. Transparent is on hold for, for the fifth season because of Jeffrey Tambor being the absolute worst Ooh. and not apologizing for it. Yeah, because... And Hulu has Runaway season two coming? Season two coming in December. Right. Mm. Okay. So, Coffee Light and Sweet, you had a question for me when I got through with this list. Yes. Why is it so hard to write good original stuff? I think it's not hard to write. I think it's hard to sell. Especially as more of these networks are owned by larger and larger corporations. ABC is owned by Disney, CBS, by... Mm -hmm. um, CBS is its own company, but its sister to Viacom is owned by uh, Summer Redstone and National Amusements. NBC is owned by Comcast. CW Mm -hmm. is jointly owned by CBS and and, um, Time Warner, which is now ABC. I mean, Mm -hmm. AT&T. And Fox is owned by Fox. Mm -hmm. Murdoch's Fox. Their main goal is to try to keep people watching so they can keep getting money from the advertisers, even though people now can choose from, you know, opt-team billion streaming services and better quality programs that are on cable. Yes. So instead of going for risky things, they tend to go for things that feel more familiar that they know will will draw at least some viewers. It doesn't always work. 
of course, but that's mm-hmm. what they're doing. And it's it sort of kind of, it just, it it does kind of suck though. Cause like reading through those, there was so much yes. repetition and so yes. many shows that were low concept. Oh, I'm running a bar in San Diego. Whoop yes. the goddamn do. Yeah, I just, you know, I just thought maybe as I was listening to all the shows, and you're right, there was a lot of repetition in terms of, um, you know, variations on the theme. Mm -hmm. Then I remember, you know, when I was coming up and um, there were shows that were out, those shows back then, you know, were so great. And it was like quality writing. Um, And I'm noticing that a lot of the, quote, new shows that are coming out now are just basically pale copies of shows 20, 25, even 30 years ago. Yep. And I, I can't believe, I cannot believe that, you know, there's no talent out there that can create original concepts. Yeah, I feel like, like the best original talent, stuff. I feel like the best talent is doing these shows for Netflix and for yeah. Amazon. And especially for Amazon. Amazon's are kind of the home of like, we're doing high concept artistic programs. Mm-hmm. So what, and then maybe it's a, a topic for another p- podcast, but what does, what would you say is the future of network broadcast entertainment? The future of it? Because I, I feel like they're going to rely more upon unscripted programming, like sort of kind of like they did during the writer's strike. Reality shows? Reality shows, contest shows, those sorts of things, because they're going to get to a point where, like, doing, doing, like, recorded, like, scripted narrative programs, people are going to expect to be able to binge shit, first of all. Second of all, Mm -hmm. like, clearly they can't match the quality of what's coming on streaming for, like, 80% Mm -hmm. of what they're putting on. Mm -hmm. So what does... Network TV have that streaming doesn't have. The first mm-hmm. answer would be live programming. So maybe they can do some of these sitcoms live. Perhaps you know that as a thing's been done. Rock was live. There was a show on NBC that used to be live a couple of years ago. Okay, but dramas really can't be live like that. Not right. in the same way. So okay. if they can't get better dramas, they have to find you know live programs or something like that. That's what I think will happen because at some I can point. See that. They're not going to be able to keep pulling people with these shows that just aren't no. as good. And like they had the different, um, like the Wiz Live and Hairspray Live and yeah. things like that. If it's done, if it's done right and it's done well, it will pull the numbers. Yeah, Jesus Christ Superstar was a big hit for Fox. This mm-hmm. year. Okay, there is some hope, I, I guess. Well, yeah. somebody you know over there needs to think, you know, plan and 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 project into the future because uh, if things keep going the way that they're going, the only thing that network will be pretty much strong in is what you're saying. And everyone's just going to get their fill of quality, original content elsewhere and just come to network for sports and game shows. Mm-hmm. And, and the news. And the news. Because the networks won't go away permanently because they no, have to no. be there for the news. If right. Nothing else. Right. Wow, the model has changed. The oh, whole yeah. the whole broadcast entertainment model, just everything that you know, forget what you heard. It's all different now. All different. It's got it's interesting. Thank you. I just I was curious. No problem at all. Let's go ahead on to entertainment news. All right. So first up in news, um, who here is a fan of the immortal Iron Fist? No one. <laughs> no one. 
<laughs> well, I guess nobody's going to be sad because Netflix canceled his ass uh, after Aww. two seasons. <laughs> Wow. So that doesn't mean that doesn't mean he doesn't have his own. Sh- that doesn't mean that he won't show up in other people's shows. Right, he'll probably still it's appear just, on like Luke Cage and stuff. And people are saying maybe they'll do a Heroes for Hire show instead with him and Luke Cage. But yeah. no more Iron Fist solo shows on Netflix. No more stainless steel fist. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I heard that season two was actually good though. People really liked it. it They're upset that it it's was not though. Yeah. But it also had more Colleen and more Misty Knight. Hmm. So the idea here, the solution apparently for Iron Fist is you need to pair him up with either somebody else or you need strong characters to surround him that'll make the show bearable. Correct. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of how the comics were too. Like Iron Fist has never really survived very well on his own. Nope. Like, it's always mostly been with Luke Cage is that they've sort of kind of survived together. Uh, so that's that. Uh, next up, Disney put out a teaser trailer for their live-action remake of Aladdin, which comes out next May. Uh, we talked about this teaser trailer at length, me, Ali, and I. I it didn't move me very much. I, there was nothing much to... Yeah, there's really, not much to go on other than a CGI yeah. parrot flying through the night... Desert at night. Yeah. Parrot. In the cave of wonders. But but the cave it was actually a cave though. It was like it was like you could tell it was like there was a cave back there. It wasn't like how it is in the animated version where it's a magic head that comes out of the middle of the of the of the cave of wonders a cave. It's like wait, why is why is the Cave of Wonders a cave? How dare a cave be a cave? <laughs> but it ha- but it's not yeah, hidden yeah. though. Like in the in uh, the animated one, it's hidden in the desert, and then they they put, had to put the um the the um the, the scarab eyes down, and it magically ch- forms out of the dirt into a cave. Wait a minute, this is a teaser trailer. Maybe they, but Brandon, maybe that's what'll happen too. It's just that okay. it's just that you saw it after it came off the ground. Okay. So then the sand. Maybe like a mountain like range will show up. A yeah, maybe mountain. a mountain range will trip out of nowhere. See? Okay. Right? And then, then you see the, the opening of the cave. They gotta, they, gotta, they gotta draw the mountain. Is that what's gotta happen? Um, I'm just saying. So basically, <laughs> you cannot be mad at a cave being a cave. Okay. A cave is a cave. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean, we didn't and we saw a little shot of a Latin going for the lamp. We didn't really see much out so that, you know, we didn't see Jasmine, we didn't see a boo, we didn't see the genie. It's a teaser. Because I'm sure. They just yeah. got done filming, so I'm sure none of that shit is ready. So right, yeah, and they will never show you the genie until the very, the very end. Hey, well, question. Mm-hmm. Um, when is the Lion King coming out? Isn't that coming out next year too? Yeah, uh, they Aladdin and Lion King come out within five weeks of each other. Okay. Yeah, D- Disney's got a stack 2019. They're here to take over for the nine nine. <laughs> <laughs> They're not fucking with us at all. Back that ass up. <laughs> uh, next up. So the Joker standalone movie, of course, is being filmed in New York City. Ugh. And apparently it's not going... Like, it's, there's some tension on the sets. The other day, they kept the extras um, on a subway train that had been, you know, commandeered into a set. 
for three hours, wouldn't let anybody go to the bathroom. They asked for bathroom breaks. The PAs or assistant director, whatever, said, no, stay right there. We're, we still need to film. And so people started relieving themselves instead on the train tracks at the subway oh station. Oh, my God. It's terrible. So they have filed formal complaints with the Screen Actors Guild for abusive behavior. And if there's uh, abuse found to have happened, Warner Brothers will have to be paying a fine. So people, you know, use this as a whole thing, you know, like to make fun of DC, which is what they always do. But it's a little bit deeper and darker than that. This is like a Warner Brothers problem in general. We talked on the show, like, I think last year about how, you know, for the TV shows, they don't let them, they don't let, they don't pay for car service for their TV stars. Like Grant Gustin was still driving to work every morning. You know, the Flash? The Flash. They, I think the rest of the cast banded together and bought him car service because he, you know, as The Flash, he works most of the time more than anybody else because it's literally called The Flash. He's in every scene. So he's there like 14, 15 hour days. And, you know, after that, you might not want to drive home. <laughs> um, and, That's uh, incredible. Yeah. And the same thing with KJ Appa with Riverdale. He was driving home and back and to work. In the dark, in the middle of the woods in uh, in Canada. And one night, he fell asleep at the wheel and wrapped his car around a, a light pole. If And he was supposed to have been driving Cole Sprouse home. Now, if they had, he actually had done that, Cole Sprouse would be dead. And so, they, um, SAD got called on that production. So, I don't know what it is over there at Warner Brothers. Like, it, it sounds... Just, well, isn't it just good policy to protect your investment? Make I sure would think they, so. They they get you know fed and and medical and right, or at least let them go to the damn bathroom. That 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 too, sure. I told mm-hmm. I told Ali I wish they would tell me I couldn't go to the bathroom. I said y'all had to had, had to um paint me out of the other shots y'all got because I'm going to the bathroom. Like try and stop me. Take your take your hundred twenty dollars and stuff it. Wow, I didn't know it was that deep. That's yeah, that's that's kind of ridiculous. Mm. Uh, and sp- speaking of um, Warner Brothers in DC, uh, they've hired James Gunn to write. They're calling it Suicide Squad too, but apparently he's been told he can do whatever the fuck he wants with it. It doesn't have to be a sequel. It doesn't have to use the same characters. Just I guess Amanda Waller and Rick Flag and whoever, whatever other DC characters he wants. So as we all know. Disney fired James Gunn from the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 because it, you know, it came out again that, you know, before he signed on to do Guardians of the Galaxy Part 1, he had a bad habit of telling very, 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 very inappropriate jokes on Twitter involving rape and or pedophilia. Lots of them. When he first got the job that came out, and so he apologized and it, it sort of kind of went away, but then it, it sort of kind of got weaponized by right-wing trolls from corners of the internet that would not be spoken about on this podcast, who basically just wanted to get him fired, and then they succeeded getting him fired. And so now Warner Brothers is like, hey, he did Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. People like him. When he does comic book movies, let's get him. You know, like, I haven't heard any of, like, the outrage I thought I would hear. I don't necessarily think it's the best idea to hire him, but, I mean, it's happened and there's nothing I can do about it. 
So I don't know. How do y'all feel about this? Nobody ever gets canceled. I guess not. And they don't. And when when he got fired, I was like, you know, DC, and I said this, I'm like, DC would be crazy not to pick him up. Like, he'll be just fine. So I'm glad to hear that they heard me about Stainless Steel Fist and the show got canceled. And now, you know, James Gunn is at DC. Do I think he deserves another job? It's debatable. He, he don't need it. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. He, I mean, honestly, he doesn't. It's not that he needs it. I think James, James Gunn is different to a certain extent to all the other scandals out there. Right, because he didn't actually Because at least do he tried he to he was, change. Yeah, he tried, he, A, he tried to change and B, he told very, mind you, there are very inappropriate jokes, very offensive, mm-hmm. but they, he, he didn't actually physically abuse anybody to the best that we know at this current date. I think he should have got fired just because he was stupid. I'm like, you're stupid to leave those tweets up. Right. Because one, when he first got hired as the director, people knew about those tweets and when, they didn't want him to be the director in the first place. Right. So this wasn't new. Wasn't new at all. But yeah, so, and of course, Dave Bautista, who's been the whole time talking about, I'm going to quit if they don't bring back James Gunn to direct Guards of the Galaxy Part 3. Now that he's been hired at DC, he's like, where do I sign up for Suicide Squad? Yours, he is such a dumbass. Can I tell you the Hollywood Reporter article about this took me out? Um, because they said hit the Guardians of the Galaxy cast, Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Zoe Saldana and Cooper others. Now. And I went, Dave Batista was the most vocal. How y'all gonna shade him and put him in other? <laughs> it's like, man, listen. But I, I said on, on Twitter, all right, let's, listen, if he wants to do this, you know, if he really wants to uh, leave Marvel and go to DC because of James Gunn, I will use this to my advantage. Let's cast him as Ibeck in Suicide Squad. Then he can play the villain in the Black Adam movie that's probably never going to get made starring Dwayne Rock Johnson. Because mm-hmm. if there's ever been a, a super villain character who needs to be played by a wrestler, it's Ibeck. He looks like a wrestler. He dresses like one. He's got a um, mohawk haircut. Basically, basically, he's similar to Shazam, except for instead of getting power from God, he gets powers from um, very, very bad men throughout mm. history by saying the magic word "Ibac." He's like an old, old, like an old man, like gangsters, like in his sixties or whatever. Says the magic word becomes like a a powerlifting wrestler type guy with no shirt on in his like forties, I guess. No shirt on, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up. Oh, back. Well, let me do this one next because we're talking about Warner Brothers stuff. So, Warner Brothers already has three streaming services. They have the DC Universe app. They have Boomerang, which shows old Looney Tunes and Hanna Barbera cartoons, and they have Filmstruck, which shows all the Turner Classic Movie stuff. For whatever reason, they didn't decide to make a app for the rest of their library, which is expansive and things people will actually pay money to watch. But now that AT&T owns them and has gotten control and put in new CEOs and stuff, they are making plans to put together a Warner Media streaming service because the Disney streaming service, Disney Play, is coming next year. It's going to probably blow a lot of shit out of the water. And Warner Bros. is like, anything you can do, I can do better, which they really can't, but, you know, they're going to try. So... They have already announced that this will encompass as much of their libraries as it can, which includes HBO, Warner Brothers, and the Turner Broadcasting channels. 
So I'm not sure how this worked with, you know, HBO Go and now being a thing. I assume all that shit will be folded on in. But this is something they should have done from the start because they, I mean, people will subscribe when you say two magic words, Harry Potter. Mm. I mean, there's, uh. I feel like there's movies enough that, and TV shows enough that a Warner Brothers streaming service, if they get exclusive rights to everything that they produce or as much as possible, The Big Bang Theory, Lethal Weapon, uh, what's some black stuff people like that Warner Bros. has made? New Jack City, House Party, all the house parties and Class Act, uh, Friday, Nightmare on Elm Street. No, yes, maybe. Y'all quiet. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't really, look, I'm tired of every yeah, screen. I don't watch. System. I don't watch horror like that. So, you know, I'm like, look, y'all. We don't have a money tree out back. Y'all can't be putting everything on a streaming service. I oh. think that every studio's issues. They all hate Netflix. First of all, all of them, and they feel like that Netflix is making too much of the money they should be making themselves. That's why they're trying to do all this shit. I feel mm-hmm. like it's gonna blow up in everybody's face because I hear that uh, piracy is up for the first time in years. Really? Yeah, it went down when streaming went, mm-hmm. became a thing. But now that everybody's got a streaming service and there's like, you know, uh, Star Trek, Discoveries on CBS All Access, Titans on DC Universe, all that kind of stuff. Now, piracy apparently has gone back up again. Man, that's it. Get a group of your friends together. Be like, you get this and I'll get that. Because no, it wasn't the, the streaming part of what people thought streaming would do would be to kind of reduce... Something like that, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. By giving you act, uh, immediate access to the stuff you want to see. Yeah, that, yeah. that's a great that's point weird. that you guys are making because, you know, now it seems like if you want to really watch, quote, good stuff, you have to pay for it. So, like, the same thing is happening again. Remember yeah. back, 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 way before music streaming became a thing, it was all free. And then they started introducing packages and different, mm-hmm. you know, bells and whistles. And now the whole music, no ads. So now the whole music no thing ads. is flipped over. And to take it back another step, YouTube used to be just free, free 99. Just you just you just go on and watch. Now they have different versions of YouTube. Now they have more commercials. When you watch a YouTube video mm-hmm. now, before you can blink, five commercials have just played across your screen. So it's like, I can't stand this. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. if you don't want yep. any commercials, guess what? You gotta pay. So Exactly. Nine ninety nine. So, um, it's, it's, it's an interesting time. Interesting time. And folks mm-hmm. don't have money. Like, I, yep, they sure don't. Uh, and then finally, in entertainment news, you all might recall from a couple of years ago the story of Zola on Twitter. Zola was a young black woman who her and her white friend went down to Florida to hoe, in their words, <laughs> and tried to make some money. Why is he like this? And he hooked up with um, the white friend's pimp. <laughs> and they got into some shenanigans on their trip, which were, some of which were enhanced when the, when the retelling of the stories didn't actually happen, but a lot of it did happen. You know, um, people being fucked calm and shit like that. And people jumping out of windows trying to commit suicide and only, like, managing to twist the ankle, whatever it was. You know, all sorts of crazy stuff. And people were like, this has to be a movie. And Hollywood, well, not Hollywood, like independent studio A24 agreed. 
And so they are now producing the movie. It is going to be directed by Janiska, um, Janiska, Janiska Bravo, who's a black woman. And it's going to star Taylor Page, who's an up-and-coming actress. And they're going to put it together. I'm assuming that it'll probably be shot this year. And it will probably be out next year. Yeah, it's, it's scheduled to start production in the fall. I think they've cast some other parts for it as well. I saw another article floating about that they had got some parts for, like, some of the boyfriends and things like that. Oh, my God. But, yeah. How do y'all feel about uh, the story? Do y'all remember, mm-hmm. first of all, like, the tweet storm that spawned I the story? And I, I'm excited about it because this is one way that up-and-coming writers can sort of get into the business using an unorthodox entryway. But then the flip side of it is, right. I would hate for, because you know how the internet is, I would hate for someone on the internet to use that same methodology for something super dark. And I'm going to leave it right there. Right. Uh, they, yeah, they've added Riley Keogh who I'm guessing will play the um, the white girl in the story, and Coleman Domingo, who's going to be in it. He's a good actress, but did a bunch of stuff. All right, let's go ahead on to talk about A Star is Born. Mm. All right, so as everybody knows, A Star is Born was released two weeks ago. New it is a new movie, well, new in question marks, because it's a remake of a remake of a remake. Uh, <laughs> Of a copy. Of a copy. Uh, and it stars Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper also directed, produced, and co-wrote this version of the movie. It is about a aging rocks, country rock star named Jackson, Jackson Maine, who discovers Allie, who's like, like an undiscovered singer working um, at a restaurant and singing in a nightclub every now and then. He basically makes, brings her into the public space and make, and she becomes a sensation after singing with him at a concert and then blowing up on YouTube. And as she is becoming a bigger and bigger star, drugs and alcoholism bring, start to bring Jackson down, even though they are, the two of them are in love and get married. Basically, and it causes tension in their lives as her career goes up and his career comes down. It is a classic story that Warner Brothers has already made three other times, starring Janet Gaynor and Frederick Mar- uh, March in 1937, Judy Garland and James Mason in 1954, and Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson in 1976. All right. Uh, without, so let's go ahead uh, for those who have seen it and give non-spoiler reviews. Then we have a spoiler discussion. Although to be perfectly honest, it's a movie that's been made three times ahead of time. All right. If you ever seen a Star Is Born, you know how it ends, basically. Yep, more or less. But I mean, if you don't want to hear spoilers, you know, like after we start talking spoilers, you know you can uh, move ahead to the next segment by looking at your timer, your time stamps in the show notes. Uh, 
So I will start with Coffee Light and Sweet. Tell us what you thought of the movie. Sure. Now, I'm doing the non-spoiler right now, correct? Right. Yes. I thought the movie was just surprisingly good. I knew about the remake. I knew about uh, Streisand and uh, Christofferson's version. And I wasn't really sure if this would be something that was lukewarm and like sort of warmed over and then served on a pretty plate, you know. So I went in like, you know, I'm just going to check it out. And I was so just incredibly surprised in a pleasant way um, at the depth of the film. Um, I did not know that Cooper could sing. I mean, this man can sing. And not like someone who's taken lessons to just sort of maximize a mediocre um, gift. He has a, he can really sing. And I was like, oh, wow. And then on the flip side, I I did not know that Lady Gaga could act. Uh, And then finally, the chemistry uh, between the two of them is so believable that it was like not um, quite like a documentary, but there was a certain level of gritty, raw realness to the production quality that you really felt like you were sitting in the corner um, backstage and just watching all of the all of the real stuff go down, like the 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 demons that people wrestle with, um, the, the the people you know showbiz and people sort of invading your space and and wanting a piece of your you know private time and and the struggle with that, and then like how it spills over into your family life, and we hear about it on social media a little bit. We might see a little bit in the news about stars and stuff like that, but. This was a really great insight into, all right, if you really want to be a world-class star, like on a world level, there's a price to pay. Right. A big one. And uh, I thought it was well done. All right. Uh, Stephanie, did you see A Star is Born? Okay. I know Ali didn't see it. I saw it this morning. I thought it was very well done. It was way better than I thought it was going to be, only because I was like, how much life can they breathe into this sort of kind of shop-worn classic story? And just from both, like from the performances, the core performances at the center of the film of Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, the direction that he gives it, and also the cinematography by uh, Matthew Libita, uh, who... Ali, you might know because he has been the cinematographer for films like Black Swan, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 1, Straight Outta Compton, Chirac, Venom, (laughs) (laughs) and a little movie that you might know called Josie and the Pussycats. Right. Say it. Yes, Josie and the Pussycats. No, 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 no. Say it, say the, say the, say the quote, please, please say the quote. You slept with him. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that shit always kills me. Famous lie. Uh, but yeah, so it's funny because when I, seeing this movie and recognizing his name as a cinematographer made me think back to that one because they're both about musicians. And even though Josie's a lot different of a style of a movie, it the concert footage has the same feel of like 
just like you feel like you're actually at each concert that you see in this movie. And like a like just a lot of the open space of like their live their like their houses and everybody's living quarters and like how the movie looks and feels. It feels so natural and so like just like inviting rather than feeling like a big Hollywood production, really, like the others do. Which goes a very long way making it feel fresh. Like, they had made some tweaks to the story as well to balance it out, but, you know, the bone, basic bones are still more or less the same. But it's in the execution, I think, more than anything else. Like, I would give it an A, definitely. Like, I really think it was very well done. I don't know if it... I, it's definitely going to win some awards. If nothing else, it's going to win Best Song for the ending song. It might win some acting awards for Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. I don't know about Best Picture, because I know a whole bunch of indie stuff is competing and we still haven't seen Mary Poppins Returns yet, which I hear wild people already who've seen it. So, but yeah, so that is my non-spoiler review for Star is Born. And now, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not seen a Star is Born and want to see it or don't, or mind spoilers, now's the time to go to the next session. But otherwise, here we go. Oh, and also, Stephanie and Ali, do y'all mind the spoilers at all? I don't mind the spoilers. Stephanie, what about you? Okay. okay. So, the movie starts out with uh, with uh, Jackson Maine. He's basically like a country like rock musician who's been famous for the last 15 years or so, basically. He's playing a concert. And after his concert, he goes out on the town. He's a, he's drinking. He's an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. who also has uh, tinnitus. Like, he has, like, a buzzing in his ear, basically, and it gets worse and worse whenever he's, like, at, like he's, like... He tries to self-medicate with alcohol, which only, uh, like, makes the problem worse. But he's out drinking, and he ends up going to a bar, a drag bar. Uh, and at the drag bar, like... A young girl named, well, a teen, well, I guess she's like about 20-something. A young woman named um, Allie, played by Lady Gaga, performs. She's the only cisgendered woman to perform at the in this drag bar. But they let her perform. She used to be a waitress at the drag bar before she got her current job as a different waitress uptown. Her and her friend Ramon, who's played by Anthony Ramos, who we know from Hamilton and from She's Gotta Have It. Which I was hoping he would have a bigger part than he had. He sort of kind of is just there to be the grinning best friend. But it was good, though, <laughs> yeah. because you you need someone who knew you back when you were, you know, washing dishes from back in the day. Right. And who was still pushing you, you know, because he was saying to the boss at the restaurant, come on, man, she has a show tonight. You yeah. know, come on, let her, you know, let her leave early or whatever. And boss man was like, yeah, but she got to take out that trash, though. Yeah. It, it you know, was, that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The boss is definitely a dick. And so... She Ali sings this song called La Vie en Rose in French, all in French. Mm-hmm. And Jackson's very, very much impressed and sort of kind of goes backstage afterwards and tries to get to know her better and everything. Uh, 
And he ends up actually... It's just amazing because, you know, like Bradley Cooper plays Jackson Maine, a sort of kind of this, you know, rough and tumble, you know, good old boy from Arizona. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's like the last character you ever think would actually willingly, slip, willingly sit in, in a drag bar and watch the performances and not flip out and do something problematic. Wasn't that awesome? Yeah. He was, he was quite comfortable. Yeah. Just like, okay, yeah. yeah. W- Give one, me a drink. W- one of, the, one, one of the, um, the drag girls asked him to sign her titties. And mm-hmm. he did. He even sung a song for them afterwards, after they were closed, they're closing up shop. And, you know, so like, he, he t- actually takes Allie out to go to another bar, a cop bar. This man loves to drink and where they get to know each other better, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Oh, boy. It's like this really like chatty sort of kind of, you know, like, um. Fear of missing out as cop who wants to get a picture, you know, sort of because like he wants to prove to his ex-wife or his ex-girlfriend that the man that she got with who she said like Jackson Maine doesn't like Jackson Maine. And he's really pestery and buggy. So Allie punches the dude in the face. Punches a cop. Yep. And they run (laughs) to the supermarket where they buy some frozen peas and um, gauze for her hand from Lunel, who's the checkout lady. Who takes a picture of him? She's like, sorry, I just had to. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's that Lunell. I said the same thing when she, because she had that platinum, that short crop platinum. Yep. I was like, I think that's Lunell. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of black comedians in just hiding in places in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, but you know, Brandon, what was what was kind of sad was that the man was just. You know, he 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 took the the young woman to this bar. Uh-huh. You know, and he's just trying to talk to her. And it's a cop bar, so you figure, okay, since it's a cop bar, certain things won't happen here because right. it's a cop bar. But you know what? At the end of the day, people are people are people are people, and they get excited by celebrities, no matter you know what stripe, what what profession. You know, you're human. You see a superstar, or whatever you want a picture, and it was. It just reminded all of us, I know it reminded me, especially in today's world with selfies and people just going up to people and demanding that they take a picture with them mm-hmm. or demanding that they, you know, do a selfie. And the, the star, you know, Jackson, he's done this so many times. Like, he's like, all right, I'll take this picture. Yeah, okay. But you could tell he was like, really, though? I'm trying to talk to really, yeah, but, you know. But okay, okay, I I know how this game is played. Let me let's let's do it. But and then when he gets to the supermarket, like you just said, he's trying to take care of his new friend, and he can't even like check out the the frozen peas because right. the checkout person is taking a selfie. <laughs> I was well, like, dang. I'm like, I was about to say, Allie better not hit Lunel. We we gonna have a problem, but she didn't. Right, that would have been a problem. <laughs> And so they go outside and they talk more as they're like wrapping her hand up. So basically, Allie, you know, and they and she's out there and she sings for him. And, you know, it's Lady Gaga who, you know, has the absolutely amazing voice, of course. And most of the songs in this movie were recorded live on, on, the, sound, on the soundstage or on, on location because Lady Gaga didn't want to do lip sync. And so it was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. It was actually really, really very well done. And, it's, mm-hmm. and just from a technical standpoint, that's super fucking hard to do. Do you know how they did that, Brandon? Do well, you have any idea? A lot of rehearsal and a lot of talent really is what it has to take. And probably a lot of takes as well, because you have to take that back into the studio and 
and still fix it like it's been pre-recorded, you know, and everything like that, you know, like compression and, you know, like balancing all that kind of thing, you know, and especially since they're building music around it and they couldn't, they couldn't actually play anything more than like maybe like a click track or some like maybe some rough guitar piano stuff on the actual stage. It requires sort of kind of building a song backwards around a voice versus, you know, building up, up by tracks and then putting the voice on at the end. Because usually wow. when you make a musical movie, you pre-record everything, you bring the pre-records to the set, you play the pre-records on the set, and you lip sync. So they did it backwards. They did it backwards. Which has been done before. It's just more expensive and sort of kind of a little bit more difficult. Well, I thank them for that because it was worth it. it right. and, and that just added yet another layer of depth to the whole concert footage. Yep. Because they also allow them to use these long, long takes throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Like one big complaint a lot of like critics have always had about modern musicals is that they're, is that they're edited like MTV music videos. Mm-hmm. Like Chicago, like a lot of people hate it because they it was like, you know, like so much fast cutting, you know, because, you know, in modern cinema, the fast cutting is used a lot <laughs> yeah. to build tension and drama and to push momentum. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a movie that doesn't necessarily lend itself to that sort of kind of storytelling, which is good for it because it allows them to like linger on long yes. shots of performances. And that way it lends to like the naturalist to feel like you're sort of kind of feel like you're in the room with exactly. people a lot. Yes. It felt like a really intimate experience and right. it lingered. Like the camera like lingered on the 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 main characters in that particular scene and it lingered as well on everything that was happening around them. It took right. its time to just build, really. And you could really appreciate that. If you've never had it before or haven't had it often, I know I haven't seen it often as of late. When you see it, it really makes an impact. Right, it really does. So Allie is telling Jackson basically that she's been wanting to be a singer, but she's been told that she doesn't have the look. Specifically, they say she has a nose that is too big. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I like your nose. I think it's the best <laughs> part of your, of your face, you know, and everything. <laughs> and they sort of kind of do this thing where he, like, traces the outline of her face. And that's sort of like a recurring marker of their relationship throughout the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, you know, you should come to my next show. You know, no, I've got to work and everything. I got to go to bed. Why don't you just come? <laughs> and so, you know, she's like, no, but thank you. And she goes home. She goes to work the next day. But before she could leave for work, um, his driver is sitting outside the house because she lives at home with her dad, played by Andrew Dice Clay, which I did not realize that Andrew Dice right. Clay was back. He was invited back to the cookout him. because I thought that the entertainment industry had banned him forever. I know. Yeah, yeah. He was hot. He was on top of the world back in the 80s, right? Yeah, the, the late 80s, yep. Mm-hmm. Then he, I did not recognize him, Brandon. I just said, okay, this is like, you know, Italian dad, you know, working yeah. hard. I didn't recognize him either. And then Chris like, Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> the entire theater was like, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, he's like he's like the Italian dad who's like, you know, I could have been a star too back in mm-hmm. my day. I say better than Sinatra. <laughs> like he's a, he works as a driver, and so like he has like all these like uh, cars outside his house, basically. And so like he's he really wants his daughter to be a star, but you know he's sort of kind of felt bad that it hasn't happened for her quite yet. And so when she meets Jackson Maine, he's sort of kind of encouraging her to go for it, but she's like, no, no, you know, this doesn't happen that way. 
You know, he's an alcoholic. You know, I've got, you know, because she could tell that he was an alcoholic. You know, she's got all these apprehensions, but that driver sits out front of the house. And if she goes to work, he's out in front of work. And <laughs> it's funny because, like, she's talking to Ramon, her friend, and the boss comes by, you're late. Like, what? You're late. And she just decides, she's like, you know what? Like, she doesn't say it, but you see the wheels turning in her head. Like, you know what? There is a, a man has sent a car that is sitting outside for me. I can just jump into it and go to a new life. You know what? I'm going to do that. I'm out of here. Get somebody else. And Ramon's like, I'm out too, but I'll, I'll be back. No, I'll be back. <laughs> and that takes a lot of courage. Yep. And so, because that door only opens once, man. Yep. So they get in the car. The car takes them to a goddamn private jet. They out there dancing on the, on the, on the uh, tarmac. And they see, I got private jet! I private jet! <laughs> and they get on the jet and it takes them to the concert. And Jackson... The song that Abby sang for Jackson out in front of that supermarket parking lot, he remembered it, took it, and had it a full arrangement ready for her. Killed it. The man and, killed it. Yep. And brought her out there to sing it. And the crowd went crazy. It ended up on YouTube. It was getting all kinds of views. And like the, her dad and his friends were like, so wait, what's that number mean? That's the number, number of people who've watched it. How did know how many people watched it? It was so old. It was so, so perfect, like old, old, yes. like Italian and black parents. They were wonderful. Like, like three uncles, like, what does that yeah. number mean? I think it's the impressions. Uh, it's called the impressions. I think that's what it means. Yeah. Something. How did know how many people watched it? I think they had like an algorithm or something like that. What's an <laughs> algorithm? algorithm? It's like a beat, I think. <laughs> the algorithm is the beat. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, like, um, and so at that night after the concert, she goes to his hotel room, mm. you know, with the intention, you know, he's, she's going get, to get her some mane. She goes in the bathroom, gets her a little towel and freshes up her, under her arms and, and down below right quick. Maintenance. Yeah. But by the time she comes out, uh, he has passed the entire fuck out. And his um, older, his much older brother, Bobby, who's played by Sam Elliott, who yes. y'all might know for playing um, in a whole bunch of movies as the white man with the big mustache. And the deep voice. Yeah, including as uh, General Ross in the original Hulk movie. That's where I know him from. He was also in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen as well. But basically, he's been uh, Jackson's handler and sort of kind of his caretaker for quite some time, his road manager. And he's sort of kind of seen this a lot, you know, basically, that he's not taking care of himself. He's not tending to his tinnitus. He's drinking all the time and everything. Uh, you know, he's, you can sort of kind of see he's fed up with all this. Yeah. And so Lady Gaga, uh, Ali, I'm sorry, climbs into bed with him, even though he's passed out. And so, but when he does wake up, they have uh, they have morning sex, and then they have, uh, you know, uh, room service breakfast. And he, he sort of tells a story about how um, Jackson Maine's dad had a midlife crisis and then moved to Arizona to work on a pecan farm. Had his, you know, had his brother, you know, like his brother's got to be like 20 years older than him. And then had him with like, like an 18-year-old, barely 17-year-old girl who the pecan farm owner's daughter she died in childbirth, and then the dad died when Jackson was 13. And so his older brother basically raised him. They started a band together, but uh, they guess they, they didn't take off 
Jackson went solo and sort of kind of stole his brother's style. He stole my voice. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he became famous. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so now that Allie's sort of kind of going around with Jackson, she wants to see the, PK, the pecan farmer because Jackson, uh, Jackson and Bobby bought it from the owner and they buried their father there. So she's Uh-oh. like, let's stop by and see it. They go to the pecan farm and it is now a wind farm. Mm-hmm. And nothing is there. So when he goes to see his brother for the next concert, he punches him smooth in the face as soon as he gets there. It's like, what happened to dad's grave? Apparently the grave had washed away in the rain. Nothing was left. And he's like, I told you all of this, but you were too drunk to listen to me. And then he quits and he walks out because he's been, he's tired of sort of kind of being the blame for everything that's gone wrong in, in this dude's life. Um, and so they're out on tour. She's basically singing on the tour with him every now and then, you know, and they're falling in love together and she's writing songs and everything. And she meets a man named Rez Gavron, played by Rafi Gavron, who is I a- have questions. What's the questions? Keep going. I have questions about him. Okay. He didn't get to the scene yet. You know yeah. the scene I'm talking yeah. about. He's mm-hmm. a manager mm-hmm. and record producer who wants to make Ali a star. And so she agrees and signs her. And instead of her singing country like she was singing with Jackson, she's going to be more of a pop, uh, like a Beyonce, Taylor Swift sort of a deal. Mm-hmm. She argues with him because he wants her to dye her hair platinum blonde. And he's like, she's like, I don't want to be blonde. It's too many blondes. I want to be me. They settle in the middle for like an orange, not a red, but an orange, like a, like a, like a fluorescent sort of orange hair. And they sort of kind of have her learning steps, you know, choreography and everything. She's singing these sort of kind of poppy, poppy, bounce, bounce records. I mean, she sounds good, but the songs are, and they're supposed to be, they're a little bit vapid. Yeah. And so for Jackson, you know, the, the, the you know, like the, the rocker to my soul type of person and everything, he thinks that this shit sounds terrible. He's like, you got to be real for you to yourself. You know, you got to... The only way to have legs is to be who you actually are. Otherwise, nobody's going to give a shit about you or your music. Yeah. He said, you got to be honest because your yeah. audience can, they, they know the difference. Right. He's right. He's right. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Right. So, oh, what was the question you had about um, Rez? The, the manager? manager? Yeah. You didn't get to that part yet, but I'll just throw it in here now. Did the man was the manager responsible for turning the key to make Jackson do what he did at the end? Yes. Yeah, we're talking that, about that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as Ali's career starts to climb a bit and Jackson starts to deteriorate a little bit, he starts turning more to more drink and harder drugs, you know. Like we saw him drinking, we saw him smoking a little bit of weed, and then as we know. He's taking pills. He's taking, mm-hmm. he's doing crack right on camera. <laughs> yeah. Because I was like, that's was not cocaine. Because he had to take a, he take, he, take, he took his boot off and had to break it apart. I was like, here's on crack. <laughs> Those are rocks. He had the rocks. I said, what is, what is this? What is, th- what is this? Oh my God. Yeah. And like, so he ends up passed out <laughs> in the middle of the road in his neighborhood. He didn't make it to his house. Mm-hmm. And so his next door neighbor is his old friend uh, Noodles, played by Dave Chappelle. 
And so Noodles takes him over, like lets him sleep in his daughter's bed. And so he's sort of kind of like hanging out with him over there. And that's where Allie finds him because he's he missed coming to her show. He's supposed to show up. He didn't. And he's been, mm-hmm. he was, she was very pissed about that. Rightly so. And they sort of kind of get into this argument about, you know, well, you know, and she's like, you know, you're, you know, sort of kind of, and they get into a couple of arguments in this section where basically she says that you're starting to become an embarrassment and everything. You need to clean yourself up. You know, you're better than this. And he like, you know, like, don't be like, don't be self-destructive, don't be self-destructive like your father. And he's like, don't say anything about my father. He had more talent, his pinky finger than you got your whole body. And he calls her ugly. Yeah, man. He went, he knew just how to hurt her. Right. Yeah, he, he was doing the absolute most. And so they're sort of kind of hit like a little rough patch. Uh, I should mention that, uh, me double check, but like, Dave, I think Dave Chappelle's either his wife, I think is, either his wife or his, some of the people in his family are his actual family playing themselves. I, be- I believe I'm not 100% be sure, daughter. but the daughter, I believe, was his his girl, his 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 daughter in the scene, I think. Let me check on uh, the I, M, D, and the B right quick for Sanaa Chappelle mm-hmm. is only in A Star is Born. I think she, let's see if I Google her. Uh, ta, ta, ta. Yeah, that's the daughter. Yeah. That was a great scene, wasn't yep. it? Yep. Yeah, like, like, oh, I forgot to mention that part. So they're having like dinner with the with the, um, Noodles and his family, and Jackson goes into Noodles who's like, cause he used to be a musician. He basically retired with all his money, and you know, is sort of kind of living a family life now. But he still has his collection of guitars. Jackson goes <laughs> to the guitar room, clips off a piece of a guitar string, and makes a engagement ring out of it. Aww. Like, I'll get you a better one later, but this one will work for right now. And News is like, you know, we can do this right now. <laughs> I'll call my cousin. He's a preacher. We'll be your <laughs> witnesses. Y'all can go get married right now. So they go, and the preacher is played by Eddie fucking Griffin. Yep. I was like, is that Eddie Griffin? How are these black people got in this goddamn white movie? <laughs> They were everywhere. <laughs> we have invaded. <laughs> it was a beautiful sight. It was really wonderful. Yeah, they got married right there on the spot. Mm-hmm. And so now she is Allie Maine. And let me see, jump back to where we were, because like they were sort of kind of arguing with the whole thing. She gets like she um her first single comes out and is a hit. And so she's got to finish up an album. And she's really nervous because she never had done anything like that. In her recording sessions, uh, she is nervous until, like, as she's trying to record a pre-recorded tracks like other pop stars, and it's just not working, and nobody knows why. And he's like, I know what's wrong. And so he goes in there, he, he's like, listen, I'm going to get you a piano, I'm going to fly it out for you tomorrow, and we're going to get this taken care of. And so, because, like, you know, she is a better musician when she's actually playing and singing at the same time. But what was so awesome about that scene was that they really understood each other. You know, the yes. the the warts and the and the bumpy parts as well as the beautiful parts. And he right. knew just what his girl needed. He was like, Oh, I got this. Yeah. I know. 
I know exactly how to make this work. Got you. And I thought that that was really cool. It very much was. It really was. And so where are we in the story? And so she, you know, she's coming up. She books SNL. And she performs on SNL and like Jackson comes too. And that's where he finds out that Bobby got a job working with Willie Nelson. He doesn't want to come back because he feels better without, without, without working for his brother. But he tells his brother, if you ever need any help, please call me though. Mm-hmm. You know, which they is They are nice. brothers. Yeah, they're brothers. Uh, and so Allie gets nominated for a Grammy Award, for three Grammy Awards. Mm-hmm. And Jackson's kind of jealous about this because he's like, you got nominated for, for that some them songs you did? You know, like these pop records that he doesn't have any much regard for. But he's been asked to perform as part of this rock tribute, but sort of kind of, like, they've seen his most recent shows as his tonight has gotten worse and he's been on stage sort of kind of just drunker and drunker. So instead of asking him to sing lead because they're performing Pretty Woman, Pretty woman. He is asked to just play guitar as part of the ensemble instead. And he does it, but barely. I was nervous, man. Yeah. I was I was like, oh. He was about to fall gonna... out because he dropped his pick. Exactly. Yep. He dropped his pick and almost fell over trying to pick it up. He yep. was missing his cues. And oh, no. Yeah, but, but they pulled it together eventually and they got that done. But then when Ali wins Best New Artist, uh... <laughs> oh no she goes up to get her award and she sort of kind of brings Jackson with her but he doesn't make it all the way to the stage he's oh, sort of kind of no. on the side he's like wait we win and he gets up there and he's drunkenly like trying to mumble out some things here and but there but Brandon wait he did say when 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 he came after a pretty woman segment when he came and sat next to her what did he say to her if you remember I don't remember what was it he said ah oh, man I gotta go to the bathroom Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And so... Continue. When he got up there, he said next to her, she's getting her Grammy Award and and trying to play off, you know, like, I don't think my husband, we have a lot, we having a lot of fun tonight. He's sort of kind of wandering around the set. Look at that. Look important at, like, the big, like, screen of the Grammy stage. And he wets himself on the Grammy stage. (sighs) I didn't nah, catch it at first. Imagine happening in real life. <laughs> it was, it was, it was such a, it was. It was very it subtly was, done. I heard like yes. the, the audience in the theater like, ooh. And I, looked, I was like, where are y'all? Ooh. <gasps> right. Because you, you didn't catch it at first. Because no. he's standing there and he's wobbling. And he's kind of like, you know, weaving back and forth. And he's kind of, you know, he's doing the drunk guy kind of thing. And yep. then you see the, the, the spot in his pants gets darker and darker and he's wearing light colored pants oh yeah and then he and passes like, out oh. right there on the stage y'all that was like like and they, t- they take him home the um the, um Allie's dad is pissed and yelling what the fuck did you do that for and everything and he is sent to rehab for a couple of months while he is in rehab you know the manager sort of kind of you know tell like she's like well you know when he gets out of rehab you know, he, I'll bring him on tour with me. That would be the best place for him, you know, get him back into the music and everything. And the manager's like, no, it's not happening. We can't do that. Basically, you know, he feels like that stunt ruined her momentum and sort of kind of ruining both of their careers. So, and he gets to her head. So if she goes to visit him in rehab, 
he she sort of kind of insinuates that if she if he wants to move on and not come home to her, he is that's okay with her. He's like, where, where are you talking about? I'm coming home to you. Well, you know, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to move on, that's that's fine. I'm like, girl, he is in rehab. What are you doing? <laughs> I got much to say about that. Please continue. Yeah. But, you know, when he does come home, he comes home and he writes her a... Oh, oh, she found, when she comes to rehab, she she comes brings his note, a notebook and he... She found a song that he had written and stuffed into a notebook. And he basically tells her that, well, I did write that for you, but I didn't want you to find it until after I was gone, sort of insinuating that he figured that he was going to die much before his time. He also had told a story. He told a story to one of the other people in rehab that he he attempted suicide at the age of 12. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he tried to hang himself on a ceiling fan and the ceiling fan came out the wall, right out the ceiling, and he didn't die. Yep. And so when he finally does make it home, you know, he has a confrontation with the manager who, like, Allie's not there. He answers the door. The manager's like, ooh, the dead, the dead, coming back, coming back to life. <laughs> and the manager basically tells him that he's a fuck-up. You've ruined her career with your antics and everything. You stay married to her is bringing, bringing her down. You know, the best thing that, that you could do for her is to walk away, you know. And he basically tells her, you know, that he's that she, he's the reason why she won't go on tour in Europe because he she wants to bring him. They said no, so she's going to finish up her last day on her American tour and not come and not go to Europe. And so when she gets home, she basically lies and says that she's not going to go to Europe because she wants to continue working on her second album. Because mm-hmm. she likes to make him feel better and says, I'm for my last show tonight. Will you please come and we'll sing the duet, um, our duet together? And so instead of doing that, while she's at the tour, at the concert, at her concert, he doesn't shows up. He instead goes into the drawer, get, or to the car dashboard, gets some pills, takes them, and hangs himself in the garage. Mm hmm. And it's done actually in a very, if Tyler Perry directed this, it'd be dramatic ass music and oh, yeah. all sorts of like melodrama and stuff. It'd be in your face. Yep. It's instead done very tastefully and very sort of kind of almost impressionistically. Right. Like you see like the police lights come up and you don't ever hear like a siren really loud or anything like that. And there's also, mm-hmm. I noticed, there's no incidental music in the movie at all, period. It's only the songs. Yes. There's no score at all. Not one drop of score anywhere. It's, it's something. Like, and, and there's like a close-up of, because when he told the uh, counselor at the rehabilitation center what he did as a child, as a teen or whatever, yeah. he used a belt. He said he used a belt and the belt broke and it pulled out the ceiling fan or whatever. And then toward the that part later in the film, you see the shot of his hand holding the belt yes. going to the garage. So you get it like, oh, right, okay. And, and that's all you need sometimes. Just, that's it. You know? Right. We can put it together. We, you know, the audience is smart. And so, you know, she's distraught, you know, and everything. And Bobby sort of confronted her, like, you know, you can't blame yourself. I don't blame myself. It was Jack. Jack Jack wanted to go. He did it himself. 
we have to move on. Because she was like tearing his posters down and stuff and screaming like and angry like that he left mm-hmm. her like this and did this to, and did this, you know. And mm-hmm. so she pulls everything together and sings at his like memorial concert the song that he wrote for her, which is this yeah. big dramatic ballad called uh, I'll Never Love Again. Beautiful. And that's sort of kind of the end, basically, of the movie. I'm about to go in, Brandon. I'm about to go in. I hope you guys are ready. Okay, here we go. Go ahead. Listen, the thing that made me angry, not at the movie, but like at the characters in the movie is this. In a relationship, if you can't be honest with the person that you're in the relationship with, there's always going to be an opening for someone else to come in and plant seeds of destruction. Right. And that is exactly what happened. Um, They were so honest with each other in the beginning of the relationship. As a matter of fact, when um, uh, Jack, yeah, when Jack had his first kind of, you know, mishap or whatever, and Allie went to see him, she told him point blank, you do this again. Yeah, she said that at the... uh, um, was he in the Dave Chappelle's daughter's house? Yes, in, in the bed. Yeah. In, little, in the bed. In the yeah, and when bed. she came to find him, because, you know, that's that's his girl. You know, she's going to see, like, you know, something happened. I'm going to check in and see, make sure you're okay. And she told him point blank, you do this again. I'm not coming. I'm not coming to find you. Right. And that was a powerful scene because she was upset. She was scared. She was angry. But on top of all of that, you could definitely see that in the, in the center of all of that, she loved him. Right. And when she said, you do this again, I'm not coming to find you. I'm not coming to look, you know, look to see what's up or whatever. But she said in a much better way. Yep. And the subtle nod that he gave to her, I thought, was such a power. Now, I don't, well, he's a director of the movie, so he obviously directed the actor to, himself to do that. But the subtle nod of like, I heard what you said was so powerful because these were two people, both were, one was world famous, one was up and coming to be famous in the future. But in this scene, this was a couple basically saying, listen, you got to let me in and tell me what's going on. Right. Even if it's super painful or, or whatever, I know that you have demons. I know that you have problems or whatever. You know about some of my problems. You've got to, you got to just get, get, you know, throw me a bone. Let me know what's going on. And sure enough, at the, toward the end of the movie, that manager, he saw the openings and he got in both of their heads. He got in her head to say, this, this person is a burden to you. Yeah. And this person is going to hold you back. Hey, Allie. The same person that he's talking about was the person that gave you wings to fly to say, I think you're a songwriter. Right. And he was the one that gave her that push that she needed to, to break through that door to try. Because he was a world-class, you know, performer or, or star, superstar, right? Yes. So if, if, if someone at that level looks at you and says, you got the stuff, believe them. Because they don't, they don't really owe anybody anything and they certainly don't give it up for free so when he told her i think you're a a songwriter she knew that he meant that but somehow toward the end of the film she forgot all of that 
And then he, well, she didn't remember it, I should say. And then here comes that manager saying, you know what, you need to, you need to unload this dead weight. Right. You, you, you can't have him in your camp. You, you can't, you can't, you can't bring him with you. That was number one. She started to, you know, think a little bit about that. And then the thing that pushed me over the ledge was the fact that the manager planted that in her head. Then the manager goes to the other side. He goes to the, to the, to the other partner and plants seeds on the other side. So now both of them are thinking about how they are not the best fit in that situation for each other. So now both of them are spinning, but they're not quite, you know, out of, you know, they're not quite giving up on each other yet. And then the final brick that broke the camel's back is she lied. If she had come through the door and she said, hey, honey, I, I got to ask you something. Um, manager so-and-so said to me that I shouldn't take you on the tour because, you know, of, of, of your problems. But we got to work something out because I need you, I need to have you near me or I need, you ha- I need to have you on my side. How do we do this? He would have known instinctively, like, wait a minute. He came over here before you got here. He said something like that to me. Yeah. And they, and they could have teamed up together and say, you know what? He tried to break us. But instead, she came over and she said, oh, you know, I decided to stay here. And that's exactly. So you see that you see what I'm you see what I'm right. trying to uh, set if up she here. Had, like, yeah, if she had been honest, maybe there right. might have been a chance. Right. And now. Because she says that after, like, she's like, my last thing I did was lie to him. Exactly. And that was a cautionary tale, I think, that if you are in a working relationship, um, a romantic relationship, a family relationship, as best as you can, because sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's like, I don't think I can do this. But as best as you can, try to communicate and be honest because... You can avoid some things. Absolutely can. And that stuck with me. The second thing, Brandon, that scene in the car with the older brother. Remember that scene? Yeah, the scene where they where he drives him home from rehab. Talk about it, Brandon. Yeah. Walk and us so through that scene. They are making up, basically. Like, they are mm-hmm. kind of behind at SNL, but they're making up even further. And mm-hmm. it's like they're going through the whole thing. And it's great because Bradley Cooper is... As an actor, he's saying a whole lot of things by saying very little dialogue. Mm-hmm. He's basically telling him that, you know, when I was coming up and developing my sound and everything, it wasn't dad that I idolized. It it, it, it was you. And then he gets up out the car and just sort of kind of runs into the house. And, and they yeah. linger in the next shot on Sam Elliott backing out of the yes. driveway. And yes. he's backing out of the driveway, but his eyes are full, full of tears and beat red. And you can tell he's fighting, like he's trying very hard not to dissolve into hysterical crying. Because in the movie, he, he and his brother, he was the caretaker. He's much older than his brother. He could be his brother's dad. I mean, right. he's like, he could be, you know. And he's he's looking after his brother. He's he's telling his brother, look, you need this hearing aid. You, you got this problem, you know. You can't hear the monitors. If you put this in, no one can see it. Well, but, I don't even know hearing aid. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that's understandable. And the brother's like, I'm tired of, you know, coming to the room and you're drunk, passing out, and then all this other stuff, you know, because 
family knows. Family, family knows all of your stuff, you know. And and as family can do, they have words and they know how to hurt each other. And that scene where um, Bradley Cooper's character said to his older brother, "Pretty much, it was you that I, you know, look have been looking up to all this time." Yeah, I really thought. And I was like, please don't do this to me. The older brother was so moved and so, you know, like touched by his younger brother's words. When he was backing out of the car, when he's back in the car, did you think he was going to have an accident? It didn't occur to me that he'd have an accident. I was like, please don't take the older brother. <laughs> right. <laughs> please don't take the older brother. So I thought that that was, I would not be surprised if that scene um, puts uh, Sam Elliott um, in the running for best supporting actor. Yes, just that one scene because it was all there. And Has I he will ever also, won? huh? I'm gonna look it up. Wait, we'll keep going. I'm gonna look and see if he's ever won. Oh, because that that one scene also showed me that you know sometimes for men, um, maybe it might not be as easy to 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 communicate certain things. So you have to watch very carefully to see what is not said. And even though um, Sam Elliott's character said not a word, when he looked at his little brother as he got out of the car and slammed the door and he started backing the car out, Mm -hmm. his whole face was like, I love you, little brother. Like, I really, I love you so much. And he said not a single word. And everybody in the theater watching that scene I was like, tears were rolling down my face. I was like, why is my face wet? Oh, am I crying? It was so beautifully done. Yeah, he's never been nominated for an Oscar. Really? That's been a change. <laughs> I, think, I think so. I, I think that that was, that was an awesome scene. And that just showed the, the skill of uh, Cooper's direction. Because I don't know what he told Elliot to think about or to do in order to pull that out of him. I don't think I want to know. Because it was there was such an honesty there to that to that scene. Um, yeah. So much so. All right. Yeah. I did before we moved on from this, I did well, I'm, so Corey wanted to be on this episode because Corey saw Stars Born and, and like basically like he's been like the cheerleader for this movie, sort of kind of in my social media space. He really, really loved it. But oh, good. He, he couldn't be here because he Aww. was sick. So he Aww. sent me a written review to read for everyone. Okay. So I'm gonna read this, and we'll move on to the last segment of the show. Uh, so it's a little, it's a little long, but you know he had he had feelings to get out. Oh, all right. So <laughs> thanks for letting me be a part. Thanks for letting me be a part of this review. I've seen all four versions of A Star Is Born. Each one has its own uniqueness and likable qualities, but this one is by far my favorite. I knew the plot points and what was going to happen. But this film still delivers on its freshness and ability to bring something special to this contemporary version. It has so much heart and emotion built in right from the start. The film was everything and more than I wanted it to be. Within the first five minutes of this film, I was sold. The first sounds of the guitar and looks from the concert that Bradley Cooper was presenting had me thinking this was going to be huge. The presence of Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga were astounding. The chemistry is felt so strongly between the two. Bradley Cooper directed this film to the highest ability possible. The use of camera close-ups with each character to make you feel their emotions. Bradley Cooper does what all directors should do, which is bring out the best performances in every character in the film. 
Not just the main, but all the supporting cast as well. And boy, were there so many. Sam Elliott, Anthony Ramos, Dave Chappelle, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin's in the movie very quickly playing himself. Uh, Greg Grunberg, Eddie Griffith, comedian Lou Nell, and one in particular, Andrew Dice Clay. Who knew? I was waiting for him to pull out a hickory dickory doc joke, but no. <laughs> he was so polarizing with his dramatic role as Lady Gaga's father. Lady Gaga is beautiful and so amazing. Her voice just makes your body melt. Her acting is phenomenal and her performance, her transformation is wow. That wasn't Lady Gaga acting, that was Stephanie acting, which is her real name. Bradley Cooper's voice just brings so much sensation to the stage. There are times, though, that I did think he was basically doing his best imitation of Sam Elliott, but who cares? <laughs> well, he, he worked on that voice for years to try to sort of kind of develop, you know, this like um, I'm from Arizona and I sang country music, you know, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. He was still able to embody himself into the character and make you feel his pain. The sound, oh my God, the sound design and mix is amazing. They play to the fact that sound is heard so differently from all kinds of angles. You know, they probably win the sound Oscars too. They usually give it to musical films. How you hear it from the crowd to backstage to the band. Every one of the songs are amazing. Every one. That was in all caps. Even the ones where Gaga sounds like Mariah Carey or Christina Aguilera. I wanted to download the soundtrack immediately after seeing this film. I'm glad it wasn't released before the film because I felt like it would have taken away the emotional beats of the film. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, never listen to the soundtrack to a musical film of any sort before you go see the movie. Don't do that, please. PSA. I will say after hearing the soundtrack that the studio cuts of the film aren't as great as the live productions done in the film. So that means somebody's going to go, once the movie comes out on Blu-ray, somebody's going to rip each section and put together live performances from a star is born on the internet. It happened before. It'll happen again. I haven't felt this strongly about a film in this genre since The Greatest Showman. There were moments when watching this movie, my right hand was trembling and I didn't know how to stop it. I cried three times. I thought something was wrong with me. The only reason why I'll get this four and a half stars instead of five is just because I've seen this story before three other times. <laughs> However, it does still keep its uniqueness. This movie is a shoe in for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Original Song nominations. Thanks for letting me review this film on the Saints with the Nights podcast. Keep up the great work. All right, so that's uh, Corey's review. Thank you, Corey. And let's go on to thank you very much with the say something nice challenge. All right, so um, we could talk about Kanye, but we won't. Kanye's a jackass. Mm. He's gonna. He needs. He needs mm. help. He's not getting it from his wife. His wife approves of his bullshit. Him supporting this this that person. So fuck that. Let's do something a little bit simpler. So. Dwayne Johnson has announced that he is producing and starring in a new movie for Netflix. It is called John Henry and the Statesman, where characters from folklore across the world will join together, sort of kind of like the 19th century Avengers, to battle the forces of evil or whatever. And uh, The Rock has had himself cast as John Henry. Wait, John Henry, is that the John Henry that worked the railroad? Yes. So for those okay. who don't know, John Henry is the a- The one and only. 
folk tale <laughs> from the 19th century, the late 19th century, about a former slave who became a railway worker in Virginia who was, you know, a big, strong guy who challenged a steam-powered uh, drill that was, like, sort of kind of brought on to make building the railroads faster. So they had, like, a challenge also, to see who could... also cause all the, the workers to... All the um, workers to get fired. Yeah, to because, get fired. You know, so it it sort of, to try to circumvent faster. this, John Henry challenged this the steam driver to a competition which he won, but he exerted himself so much that he had a heart attack and died immediately afterwards. Now, it's been said that John Henry might have been an actual person, and they tried to identify sort of kind of which railway and railway tunnel in Virginia he worked at. But it's more than likely it was sort of kind of a fusion of sort of kind of tales of, you know, big, strong dudes who worked on the railways back in the day, you know, and everything like that. And you know, adding some embellishment and fantasy elements to it, you know. However, John Henry sort of kind of always been sort of kind of seen as like this idealized version of like African American masculinity, and he's always been depicted as being a dark skinned black man. Mm-hmm. The Rock is a black man. His father is Rocky Johnson, a very popular and prominent uh, black Canadian wrestler. His mother is, is um, Samoan. I know white people have been fooled for the last 20 years, but yes, The Rock is black. But the question sort of kind of arose that maybe he wasn't the right person to play John Henry. Now, a lot of folks started talking about why didn't they cast this person and that person. Will, Will, Winston Duke and Terry Crews' names came up a lot, but I think people didn't realize this is a The Rock production. It's a Seven Bucks Productions production. It's his movie. Mm-hmm. He developed this because he wants to star in a movie, his own franchise. Now, it's so I guess I think the what question I have for everybody is whether or not is on a like ha, not, not so much it, should he do it? Because he's going to do it. It does he just that is not a fuck that is about to be given. And it's not like he's not black, but on a scale of zero to ooh child, just how problematic is it to have The Rock star in his movie as John Henry, considering sort of kind of that, I guess people feel like he hasn't acknowledged his blackness enough in public, which he he's acknowledged it and he's never denied who he's been. It's just that Hollywood tends to cast him as racially ambiguous parts like, and sort of kind of play around whether or not his character is actually black. But, you know, they cast his younger selves as usually like, you know, like, like the kids aren't even generally mixed. They're sort of kind of like white kids with dark hair sometimes. Like the only time I've ever really seen, like, in a trailer, sort of kind of blatantly suggest that he's black was in the Baywatch trailer. Which is, you know, sort of kind of a joke. You're like, come on, brother. And of course, you know, he is a Republican and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's not really you know, quote-unquote down for the brothers, I guess you could say. So, so how does this news process for you and what... Basically, how do you feel about it, I guess is the question. I'll start with Ali. Um, I think... Based off of how he's been historically depicted, 
and the what that image of what he's historically been depicted as means for a lot of dark-skinned um, African-Americans, this reads a little tone-deaf because it's not just John Henry happens to be a black guy. It's the kind of black guy that John Henry represents. That's what's also pushing the folklore along. And when you cast John Henry, right, as even though he's, he, even though he may be a fictional character, but what he represents, if you cast him as somebody who is sort of racially ambiguous looking, it takes away um, somewhat from, from the, you know, what, you know, what the imagery sort of, you know, represents for black people in general. Okay. Uh, Coffee light sweet. Yeah, I, I, I co-sign with what Ali is saying. I remember the story of John Henry when I was in uh, grade school and there was a song, Mighty John Henry was a steel driving man, just popped into my head. I just remember that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, visuals are everything. And, you know, visuals are everything. And, uh, you know, this is part of uh, African-American history, folklore, mm-hmm. I mean. And it's very important that it be consistent and it not be diluted. Right. And I, I love I love The Rock. I think he's great. But, um, yeah, tone deafness is a thing. Yeah. So. All right. As for me... I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's on it's on a public, it's on the group. You can see it. I was I was low-key offended when they announced this. <laughs> I joked about how where was my audition, but you know. <laughs> that, no, no, yeah. Somebody once trying to, I guess, to like impress me, tell me I look like John Henry or their idea of John Henry. I was like, ooh, thank you. <laughs> but, uh, but like I don't like it was like on one hand, it's great to see the rock acknowledging that he's black in this sort of kind of like a grandiose sort of a way, more so that hey, my dad's a famous wrestler that you young people have probably never heard of. Cause like I see a lot of white folks on the internet who just say the rock is Samoan. I I know he's black. He's black. Like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> you know, so it's good to see him sort of kind of, you know, own it. And everything. Of course, he's on Ballers, too, of course, you know, so. But, you know, at the same time, yeah, you know. He's on it's, Ballers. He lo- he's on Ballers where conveniently no one talks about his race. Right. Like, the same time, you know, it's sort of kind of the thing. It's similar to when Zoe Saldana was cast as Nina Simone. See, like, that, well, but, but in that case, that was worse because they It was worse because Nina Simone's a real goddamn person who you have photographs yeah, and, of. And they... But then they also put Zoe Saldana in blackface. And they also put her in blackface. Ugly right. blackface. When y'all blackface is ugly, but like, she looked like, she looked, she looked like a fool. I thought they were just going to tan her a little bit and send her on her way. But they got her in that movie looking like she fell, she lost the fight with a vat of chocolate. <laughs> like, it just looked very bad. But, and I'm hoping they don't do that for Rock. Maybe they'll let him tan a little bit and that's it. I don't want him put on no fake lips or anything like that crazy. I'm worried about his accent. Because obviously John Henry's not gonna talk like he's you know, like The Rock. He's gonna have, have to have like a Southern black accent. Oh my god! I I totally forgot about that. Yeah, you can't just 
Right. So we, they need to hire him a good dialect coach, somebody from Outcast can get a job, or from the, the Dungeon Family. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I sort of kind of, as I heard other people talk about it and everything, and sort of kind of like, I mean, I still don't like it, but I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm not going to show up to the studio, you know, with my picket sign quite yet. You know, I'll give it a chance. I want to see how it turns out. If he's the leader of this whole thing of people, I also want to see who his wife is going to be. They better Uh-oh. not have him married to no goddamn white woman as John Henry. There's a there's a lot of, of, of history behind this. So you have to yeah. navigate this very strategically. Very carefully. Yeah. This is this is this is a very this is some very dangerous waters mm-hmm. your boy yeah. is getting into right here because he's out here always trying to do the most, right? Because he's in every goddamn movie, yeah. right? There's Where a friend of mine who said he's afraid to take videos out, of his children because the rock might show up in those too. <laughs> he's in everything. Yeah. So, so, um, but now, now it's one of those things where it's like, but can you be everybody? And the answer is no. Um, right. I know that, like Brandon said, there's nothing we can do to stop this because this is his production company. And so he will, he has the... And if they try the to right change the lead actor, they're going to cancel the movie because they probably only picked it up because he's attached to be the main star. Mm-hmm. That's sort of exactly. kind of how those sorts of deals work. Um, you know what I'm nervous just, about? That just hit mm-hmm. me, and I hope this doesn't happen. Well, the Rock is a very beautiful man. Yeah. Without question. No one would argue that. I Oh, no. I hope that this characterization of this individual is not crafted to be, like, sexy, if you get what I'm trying I to mean, say. John Henry could be sexy. No, no. Um, I, I, he's I, a I, railroad worker, Brandon. He's really not trying I, to sell you face. Yeah, you know... He could be naturally I, I, beautiful. <laughs> Right, no, well, yes, well, but he's not trying. He shouldn't, right. he shouldn't look like yeah. he's trying. And, right. and to be honest, when The Rock shows up in a movie, most yes. of the times it looks like he's trying. They're vanity <laughs> shots. They're like shots of just shots that from the angles that he's just beautiful, male beauty. And that's not saying that, you know, if, if, if The Rock just walks into a space, he's just a beautiful human, period. But I hope that the, the, if, if this project goes forward that when you see the final product it's just not like this presentation of this beautiful black yeah. railroad worker that can be objectified i'm being Jesus. very careful i'm oh. being very yeah, careful because that's that is not that the last thing you want is is you know yes. that racist america racist america error Yep. Um, black man yep. um, working, you know, a, a very minimum wage yep. kind of job on a railroad, being depicted as something that you should sexualize, like, like sudden, like, like, uh, like uh, Ken uh, Norton and Mandingo. <sighs> <sighs> sorry, sorry. Please go to you, Ali. I'll, I'll see myself out. <laughs> <laughs> Let me help you, sir. You're <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. And take that attitude if you too. <laughs> but yeah, if 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 I see if I see one one speck of rainwater hitting that man's bare chest, <laughs> <in the movie. laughs> 
Well, he's gonna, he's gonna have the like one like the overalls on, and that's it. So and he's he's not gonna have any shirt underneath the overalls. No, of course not. He's John Henry. That's that's fine, but I, you, you all, we're being really coy on this podcast, but we all know what we're talking. Mm, yeah. Okay. I just hope. Yeah. Where, that turn what we're talking something. about is not crazy. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it could turn into. There's something. a distinct possibility. There's a distinct possibility that he's going to be vanity shots. Yeah. Because again, it's his production company. He is going to make himself look the best. Mm-hmm. And that would be right. uh, that would be no issues whatsoever in any other type of project. Go for it. You know, we want to see the 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 tight shirt. You know, open in the front. Da da da. Perfect, beautiful. However, <laughs> this is set back in what time period? And the character does what? Or maybe the maybe character- they move time forward. Maybe it's like that like that Tall Tales movie they made back at Disney back in the day, where it's like, mm-hmm. who played John Henry oh in that? God. Let me look that up. Was John Henry? In the, yeah. I know they made they, the animated short they made that they hid for decades. But like Henry there was a, wasn't there a movie Tall Disney's Tall Tales the movie? Yes, yes, yes. I know it was live Thank action, you. but I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember who. 1995 Western Adventure film, mm-hmm. uh, Adventures uh, of Pico's Bill, produced by is Disney movie. John Roger Aaron who, Brown played John Henry. It's not, Roger yeah, it's Aaron not Brown's yeah. American actor who played in the District. Um, mm-hmm. Let's Google him, see what he looks like. Uh, yeah, the District is that South African. Um, oh, I remember that movie. He looks no, I'm like District Nine, a black dude. Mm. Oh shoot! I'm thinking of the same thing too. Never mind. Like, but yeah, of course, John Henry is naturally yeah. In, in any kind of iteration, John Henry has always been a dark skin, you know, black guy. Yeah, I'll, I'll really see if I can copy and paste the the, the uh, link into the chat so y'all can see it. But they sort of mm-hmm. kind of had him, you know, as John Henry with the hammer and the overalls and no shirt underneath. He looked like John Henry. Okay, let me click it. I'm, I'm nervous. Okay. Yeah, without me, what John Henry's typically portrayed as. We have to be very careful seeing it like that, Brandon. Right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 look is about right. Mm-hmm. All right, so... So it sounds right. like they're basically going to remake Tall Tale under a different name. Hopefully Disney don't sue their asses. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Speaking of Netflix, yeah. really quickly. So that's that's the end of this topic. I forgot to mention, I watched Napoli Ever After. What'd you think? It was cute. It was cute or whatever. But like, it was a little, it was more than a little bit. So it was like a little bit vapid in places, you know, but it's a comedy. Yeah. Like it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it also wasn't sort of kind of as good as it could have been. And it got weirdly preachy with sort of kind of hypocritical messages in places. Mm-hmm. But like, just sort of kind of just as a movie to watch, like it was fun. And also, I pre like I sort of appreciate Netflix put on uh, for bringing back like the sort of kind of low budget, like ten to fifteen million dollar like black people movie that we don't get to see that much anymore. If we mm-hmm. do, it's you know, it's, it's we see some indie films which are which are awesome, but you know. This sort of movie doesn't get greenlit anymore in Hollywood, you know, where they just put all the black stars into the movie. Because this script actually had been floating around for a long time. Holly Berry was going to make this back in 2003. Oh, Holly Berry. Oh, dear. And so it's sort of kind of sat. And Sanaa Lathan 
is in it. It's produced by Mark Platt, which was sort of kind of crazy. Mark Platt produced La La Land. And he also produced Josie and the Pussycats. But he produced La La Land, and he was the one who got up on the stage first when they thought they had won that damn Oscar. That's going to go down in Oscar history that night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's his movie. And the, direct, the director is, I think she's an Arabic woman. Hmm. No, so, but like, I enjoyed it overall. Lynn Whitfield is really good at playing an evil ass mama. That's what she, she was putting that's, this earth that's her, that's her archetype. Man. <laughs> yeah. That's it. It's her funny because Jennifer Lewis. Yeah, Ali was Ali was was on the phone with me as I was watching it, and without any help of visual representation, he knew exactly what was going on in, in the damn movie. It's sort of kind of predictable. Mm-hmm. Like the mm-hmm. whole thing they show of like when she was a child, she jumped into the water and her hair turned into a fist, she calls it. And the white <laughs> boy made fun of her. And then, of course, when she realized she's not happy with, you know, uh, Ricky Whittle and everything, I was like, she about to jump in that goddamn pool, ain't she? <laughs> That's what mm-hmm. Ali said over the phone. Like, yeah, she probably is. And then she's like, I want to go for a swim. And then she goes, jumps in the pool, and then she breaks everybody else, jump into the pool. And they're that all is the, the ultimate rebellion. Yep. <laughs> I did appreciate, though, that Sanaa Lathan actually shaved her head on camera for this movie. And she looks beautiful with a shaved head. Yes, she does. you know, not not everybody can, can pull that, you know, The little girl, little girl was like, at least you ain't got no bumps or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Kids are so honest. Yep. But yeah. So that mm-hmm. was that. And so thanks everybody for listening. Steph, Stephanie from Mocha Minutes had to go because she's recording some Mocha Minutes stuff right now. But you can find the Mocha Minutes podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, ACAST, and, and uh, Spotify, wherever else great podcasts can be found. Please follow her on social media. It her her yeah, sorry. Her Twitter is Steph Twote That. And the Mocha Minutes podcast Twitter is Mocha Minutes. Let me double check, make sure it's Mocha Minutes and not Mocha underscore Minutes. I'm about to type it because I'm following her. Make sure that I have it correct. It's Mocha Minutes, all one word. And so for as so Coffee Light and Sweet, where can people find you online? Um, I'm not on Twitter as much as I used to be, but I am still there at Coffee Light Sweet. All right. And as for us, you can find the Say Something Nice podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SSM Podcast. You can find our Say Something Nice podcast group on Facebook as well. Uh, Please request access and answer the questions, and I will let you in. (laughs) If if I know you and you don't answer the questions, you will get it. That's for me. Dude, dude or sis, please answer the questions. Uh, (laughs) Jeopardy, answer the questions. I have to... Make sure that you're not crazy because, you know, or well, yeah. you're not, not problematic. I mean, not say crazy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we don't want to get people to come in there and talk about, uh, you know, women don't have menstrual cycles. You know, you know no, no, no. wow. <laughs> not happening. Wow. Not doing okay. that. Not playing excuse, that. Thing. Excuse me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> None of that, please. Thank you. I won't put up with it. I'll, I'll oh. report you. I'll, I'll kick you out and then report you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. You can find the show on at, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, TuneIn, wherever else great podcasts can be found. Thanks everybody so much for. And if you Thank want to you. be in contact with the show, 
You can find us at podcast at SSMPodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Safety Nice Podcast. I am Brandon. This is Ali. This is Coffee Like Sweet. And we will see you guys next time.